more fashion-minded, watch out. Big-time shopping is finally here. Monroeville Mall. Hi there, it's Tardy to the party. He is Bill Mudrin. I am Daniel Burgess, Philip Pop Culture Halls. Very pleased to meet you. We missed the first time around. It's October. It's spooky, Bill. Don't miss this. I missed it. I never seen it before. Hey, hey, Donna the Dead from 1978. Yeah, we're talking about the original, the good version, of course. Uh, I don't know anyone who really goes to bat for the remake. Um, not that the remake is... I, I have heard no, I've heard nothing but good things about I was about... Well, you know what? Actually, the best part of the remake, though, is the opening. That's the one good thing that Zack Snyder is reliably good with, is his credit montages at the opening, because that and Watchmen and... I don't know about his other... Maybe not so much Justice League or, or 300, but... Uh, yeah, he, the, the, the opening for the remake of Dawn of the Dead has the Johnny Cash... What is it, the man comes around? And there's this whole montage of society falling apart. Which, to be fair, is more interesting than a woman waking up in a carpeted room. <laughs> so, what are you talking that about? is a little bit of a, a bit more exciting than the original film. But, uh, yeah, this is our last Halloween episode for October 2020. Thank God we've even survived this long to talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, unless we decide to do Shaun of the Dead someday, this is pretty much the last zombie movie I'd, I'd really worry about talking about on the, uh, podcast um i grew up with this as i've mentioned before i was i was raised in pittsburgh pennsylvania and so of course if you're a kid who likes horror movies did, did they show this in school Slayer? <laughs> practically, they practically had a monitor with mr rogers on one that monitor and, and a monitor next to it showing dawn of the dead it's dawn of the dead in the computer or tennis exactly <laughs> Exactly. God, was that actually filmed in Pittsburgh? There's a couple of sh shitty movies. That and Dogma. Yeah, there's not too many movies filmed in Pittsburgh, but that's like three of them right there. Um, yeah, so yeah, this is a, this this is especially because there's so many zombies. This the, the like well the main cast of Dawn of the Dead is much smaller than it was in in, in Night of the Living Dead, but the number of zombies are it's way more. So everyone in Pittsburgh has like my cousin. Uh, he was a zombie in Dawn of the Dead, and of course Monroeville Mall is a big thing because that's where they filmed Dawn of the Dead and all that shit. So, uh, my teacher, <laughs> I went to Pittsburgh Filmmakers, which was a little independent filmmaking school in Pittsburgh, and my teacher was this was the brother of the uh, biker bandit who gets his arm ripped off in the blood testing machine at the mall. Mm. Uh, actually, that teacher, he actually is in the movie, too, but you barely see him, but his brother's the guy the guy with the sombrero. Um, Pat Booba was uh, my teacher's name. His brother was Tony Booba, who also did the sound for Dawn of the Dead. Booba! The fuck? Isn't that what the robot says in... In, <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Booba! He's just like, if only I had the Booba brothers here. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, Dawn of the Dead, George Romero. Uh, yeah, what's your... Have you heard much about the original movie? Compare as a, for some reason, for some reason, I conf always conflated this and my, got mixed together with the uh, uh, Day of the Dead. I could see that. Well, Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead are much more similar in the fact that they're they're color <laughs> and more yeah. violent. Whereas Dawn, you know, Night of the Living Dead's all black and white, and not nearly as violent as the other two films. And uh, I guess you've never seen Day of the Dead either. No. No. Okay, it's not very good. It's, what? <laughs> there's a reason why people cling to Dead. Well, and Dawn of the Dead is Dawn of the Dead is the funny one that he made. So of course that's always going to be more entertaining because Day of the Dead is mostly about people screaming at each other in a cave in in a in a 
in a, a lunchroom built in an underground cave thing, and it's not the most dynamic movie. At least in this, you've got like bikers and pie fights and. Tell that. <laughs> not really a pie fight if it's just like three bikers shoving pies good into zombies' gravy. faces, but. How are those? How are those pies still good? Yeah, I seriously. Cause... <laughs> I, I mean, I guess you don't have to worry about the zombies because they're dead. What do they care if they're getting six-month-old pies shoved in their faces? But. I guess. Yeah, so... uh trying to think of any... My personal history of the movie, just the fact that, like, I... I had, when, I'd actually, how old were you when you first saw it? God, I was probably, like, ten years old or something like that. Seriously, like, that's... It was just shown all the time on TV because it's such a huge prestige, mm. like, Pittsburgh. Because no one films anything good in Pittsburgh. And, and, like, I didn't actually realize that Dawn of the Dead was a big thing for for horror fans outside of Pittsburgh until I got older and realized, okay, this is actually, in, like, in books and stuff. Like, people know, it's not just a Pittsburgh thing. Just like when I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I just thought that was a local thing. I didn't realize that was a nationally known thing until, like, I'd be watching TV and Johnny Carson would make a joke about Mr. Rogers. And I'm like, how does he know about Mr. Rogers? That'd be like if he suddenly made a joke about my parents. I'd be like, mm. Mom and Dad, what did you do? <laughs> the same thing with Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, wow, this is actually people know about this thing. It's not just because there's a bunch of Yinzers drinking Iron City beer in this movie that like people know about this thing. And especially as I got older and would read about like the history of horror movie stuff and find out like Tom Zavini, who did um, uh, the special effects for like the first Friday the Thirteenth and was like a really seminal horror movie makeup guy. He got to start with this movie and I was like, okay, maybe this is. Even within, even within the hardcore horror community, this is a bigger deal than I thought. And actually, yeah, it really is. And I guess this was, this is kind of the uber zombie movie. Even more than Night of the Living Dead, which we talked about a little bit when we talked about that two weeks ago. This is the movie that really started. I can't imagine why. You think so? You, you, well, you think this is actually a halfway decent movie? Halfway decent zombie uh -huh. movie, I guess I should say. It's slow as shit. <laughs> it is slow as shit. While watching it, this, while watching it, knowing that you were gonna watch it too, this is the first time I was like, oh my god, it does take them half an hour to get to the fucking mall. I was like, is Daniel gonna email me and ask to do something else? Because I'm like, it takes a while to get to the fucking. Not that the mall is that exciting too, but like, and also then I forget that like two thirds of the mall stuff is just them sealing up the mall, like mm -hmm. wiping out the zombies and parking trucks and stuff. And yeah. yeah, and and I forgot how this movie goes out of its way. The zombies are actually aren't that threatening. Uh, mm -hmm. Like in mass, of course they are. They they are wiping out humanity, but like individually, the zombies are all just like, and which that's kind of the, one of the more interesting things about this movie is that the, they really the movie goes out of its way to show that the zombies individually are not actually that much of a threat as long as you can like walk faster than like half a mile an hour. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And just don't like let yourself get bitten. You should be okay. Just don't don't work on a car with your legs hanging out of the door. <sighs> and well, that's funny because half the other characters are yelling at him like Roger, what the fuck are you doing? Ro Is the character's name Roger? That's the, yeah. <laughs> the other thing too. I've always seen this movie, but I paid so attention to what that character's actually doing and saying. I don't even remember the characters' names. There's black guy, there's white guy, there's other white guy, and there's lady. <laughs> so, uh, and this is somebody who watches this movie every year for Halloween for like forty years. Francis, Peter, Roger, oh Stephen. Peter's the black guy. Yeah. Roger, Roger's flyboy? He's wispy hair. Is that the little guy, Wisp the dwarf guy? The 70s blonde. Oh, guy. yeah, okay, the guy, the guy, okay. What happened to that hair? 
that kind of wispy, like fucking. What, what are we talking about? That little bit with it Hulk Hogan. Was, yeah, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. In Did Rocky that get genetically show. bred out of humanity in like 1985? Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And the one, the one balding blonde guy <laughs> in uh, Pumping Iron. And those people always go bald. Like it, it's and so it's like wispy. It was only existed in the sand. It's so wispy. Human skull skin can't hang on to it. It just sloughs out. Yeah, it's they so sneeze and it just goes away. <laughs> like a dandelion. <laughs> God, so. Um, yeah, so I figured since I did deny the Living Dead, might as well round out the the good zombie movie stuff by talking about the other good George Romero zombie. And yeah. this actually, like I said, I could see. You were probably bored off your ass by this movie, but at least it's a little more. There's more shit going on in this than the Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I mean, at least it, it's. It's not the most rock'em sock'em movie I've ever made, but the, at least the first half hour is not just a lady walking through the woods going, ah, 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 and that's it. Like, there's actual characters and things happening and, and, and stuff like that, so. Um, I guess I should say the genesis of this movie was, I get what, this was made like 10 years after Night of the Living Dead. I guess George Romero, he, well, the, one of the weird things about George Romero is he's not like a consummate horror guy. He wanted to get in the movies just because, you know, he wanted to make movies, but he, it's, it's not like he had this burning passion to become a horror filmmaker. And he only made Night of the Living Dead because that was a cheap, easy way to make a movie. Um, and so after he made Night of the Living Dead, he just went off and made a couple other... I think, I think the movie he followed Night of the Living Dead with was There's Always Vanilla, which I mentioned on the Night of the Living Dead podcast, yeah. which is like a shitty rom-com that even he later was like, oh my god, that's the worst thing I ever made. But he made this like string of movies that were completely unrelated to Night of the Living Dead. He did do a cool zo- vampire movie called Martin, which is about a guy who thinks he's a vampire and is kind of left up to the viewer's imaginations to decide whether or not he actually is or not. Uh, but even then, that's more, that that's not much about the vampire stuff as much as that this guy being crazy. And I guess it wasn't until about, yeah, 10 years after Night of the Living Dead came out, I guess uh, George uh, Romero knew people who owned the Monroeville Mall in Pittsburgh, and they were like, hey, we just built this new mall, you should come over and check it out, it's pretty cool, we'll show you around. And, and so he got a tour, and between, you know, all the crazy storefronts and everything like that, and actually seeing... Uh, the living, well, not living spaces, but, like, the, the behind-the-scenes spaces where they actually, I guess they actually did have, like, Department of Defense rations and stuff that were kept there in case there was ever, like, a tornado or a hurricane or something like that. People got stuck there. They could actually survive for a while until help came. It was like, this is actually, this, this could actually make a cool location for a zombie movie. And not even thinking, like, oh, this would be perfect for a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. He was like, you know, but if something happened, this would make a great story. And then he was like, well, maybe yeah, that could be a cool sequel. Like, if I ever wanted to do a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, that could be it. And I guess he had a standing offer from Dario Argento, who, goddamn, I, sh- I meant to check up on this. I think that's the dude who made Suspiria. Yes. Which we talked about on the podcast, and I'm sure I talked about this on the Suspiria episode that we did. Yeah, because they both uh, had the soundtrack by Goblin. Okay, yeah, because I forgot that. Yeah, Suspiria is all. Okay, yeah. Dario. <laughs> Dario Agenta, he, had, he was a rich dude from all, like Suspiria and all the mo- fucking horror movies that he'd made in Italy. Uh, he liked Night of the Living Dead enough that he had a standing offer with George Romero saying, hey, if you ever want to do another zombie movie, I'll totally finance that for you. To the point that once George Romero was like, I think I got an idea for a sequel. Uh, Dario Gentry was like, hey, I'll fly you out to Italy, and we'll hang out, and, like, you could write the script, and I'll just feed you wine, and we'll just hang out and shoot the shit and love a good old time, and that's exactly what happened, so George Romero wrote the script, then came back to Pittsburgh, 
And he essentially just had free money from Dario Argento. Not a ton, but like, you know, just enough to make a goofy little zombie movie in a, in a, in a mall. And he, yeah, he made the movie and it turned out to be a huge hit. And I think it was the biggest hit movie that George Romero ever made. And it was totally like, it was the zombie movie that kicked off the zombie movie craze of, of, of the 70s and 80s. Um, after this... Well, especially too, because I think a part of the uh, Dario Gentor's deal with George Romero was like, hey, I'll finance this movie, but I get the right, the international rights to the movie, and I can cut up, cut it up any way I want, and make, make, make my own sequels to the movie, and that's exactly what he did. And so, um, so that like that spawned a whole bunch of other zombie movies in Italy and Europe that had nothing to do with George Romero, and of course everyone in America loved this. Not everyone. Like, it became a big hit, and everyone, you know, you had the Evil Dead and all kinds of movies, like, that came up immediately in the wake of, of Dawn of the Dead in America, and yeah, it just really, yeah, I don't know how much people love this movie, again, like I said, because it's, I'm um, so short-sighted about this, because growing up in Pittsburgh, this was such a big deal, that even today, I don't know how many people really love or care about uh, Dawn, of the Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, I love that Jonathan Mitchell our one listener, <laughs> I'm at least hard by the fact that he's a Dawn of the Dead fan. But, yeah, especially after 40 years, I don't know if maybe Dawn of the Dead's um, stature in the horror film community may have kind of waned a little bit. Uh, because I can easily see if, 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 if... Well, isn't it also hard to find? Oh, that's... Well, that's the fucking weird thing! This is fucking... So, I guess... I can't tell. It seems as soon as... So, I, I guess the one producer guy who produced Dawn of the Dead, I guess somehow he wound up with the rights for, like, remakes and stuff like that. And not George Romero. And I guess he's the same producer who made the remake. Who he produced the remake. The Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead. And I guess he's, I always seemed to me that like he's trying to starve out the original film because I guess as in 2004 when Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, Day, Dawn of the Dead came out, they did put out a really fancy uh, box DVD box set of the original Dawn of the Dead movie with all kinds of crazy special features and commentaries on each of the four different cuts of the movie that I watch every fucking Halloween. It's fucking ridiculous. It's a, it's a fan, one of the best DVD uh, box sets ever put out. And, but after that, like, the movie essentially has just, I guess there was a super bare-bones Blu-ray of Dawn of the Dead that got released in, like, 2009 that only had, like, a very short production thing, and I guess I own a copy of it, and I didn't realize until recently, like, there were so many, so few copies out of there, out there, it's, like, worth, like, a hundred bucks or more. And hmm. since then, um, I, it's never been, yeah, it's never been on iTunes or video on, on demand stuff or anything like that until just even yesterday. Jonathan Mitchell emailed me to say, hey, they're actually putting out, they're essentially doing a 4K version of that Dawn of the Dead 4K set uh, that had been put out in conjunction with the remake in 2004. They're putting out a, essentially a 4K version of that supposedly tomorrow <laughs> on October 26th, the day after we're recording this. Uh, it, it did look like it got pushed back a couple, uh, back a couple weeks uh, to November. But yeah, but it's only in the UK. Um, but I guess 4K mm. discs, they're region free, so you could ha import that to the, to the States if you want. But the weird thing, but in the States, still, yeah, there's, there's like, for some reason, the rights holder to Dawn of the Dead is totally like, I, th I wonder if he's just trying to make money off of the new Dawn of the Dead that he produced. And so in order to starve out the audience for the original films, he's trying to like, I think he's trying to replace the original version with the new version because he keeps on putting out there's all plenty of versions of the remake out there like you know it's on 4k and dvd and on itunes and all shit yeah. like that but like for some reason he won't let in the united states any version of the original film out which is really fucking weird he hates the blue man group 
Why is it the makeup because everyone's blue in this movie? Yeah! <laughs> it is the makeup stuff. <laughs> Why also? Even, I, watched, I watched an interview with Tom Savini and even he was like, man, that makeup was bad. That's, he spends half the we commentary. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, so what we watched, because there are four different versions of this movie, we watched the original United States theatrical cut, which in that 2004 box set has a fantastic commentary with Tom Savini and George Romero. And Tom Savini does spend half the time complaining, not complaining, but he is like, oh, that, that zombie looks terrible. Oh my god, I could do so much better if I could do that, redo that makeup, you know, today and everything like that. Because he talks about, like, it was only him and, like, his whole to makeup department was, like, him and, like, three other people. And they had to make up, like, a thousand, well, not a thousand, but, like, a hundred zombies a day. And so it really was mostly just, like, putting, like, white oatmeal makeup on people's faces. And I guess he was hoping they would all look kind of green on camera but depending on the lighting they either turned out white gray or blue yeah. and so he's, he seems kind of embarrassed by the makeup and but in the and like like when tom savini picks that one zombie up over his head and you can clearly see his pink belly yeah exactly stuff like that whenever the zombies are reaching out you can totally see when their sleeves roll up you can totally just see mm -hmm. the normal flesh underneath i'm trying to think of this is there any like one good makeup effect in this movie that's remarkable there's one good shotgun headshot where a head explodes, that's real Yeah, quick. so long as you don't look at the head before <laughs> it explodes. Well, it's funny, I don't know, if, did you want to do a blow 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 or were you just talking about general stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's funny because that headshot zombie was actually, the original ending of the movie was going to be the girl, what's her name, a name, Franny, she sticks her heads in the rotor blades of the helicopter, she kills herself. Oh, yeah. And so that was the <laughs> that was the head, the, the, the cast they had made of her head for that stunt, but they decided they didn't want to, they wanted to change the ending to be a happy ending, so before they filmed that and used that head, uh, they decided, okay, well, we need to, we have this fake head that can be filled with blood and guts and explode, what are we going to do with it? And so I guess they just painted it to look like a black guy, put it on, like, you know, someone's shoulders, and then shot it with a shotgun. And so it was just mm. used for the, uh, the tenement scene at the beginning of the movie, but, um... But yeah, I guess we can get right into it if you want. If you need to get this yeah, episode sure. done sooner than later, I guess. But yeah, sure. Uh, it's the news: chaos, men in beards yelling at each other. Oh my god! That's like the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, I do kind of like she wakes up in a the place, the carpet she's sleeping against. It kind of looks like red ground hamburger or something like that. I don't know if that's intentional, but that always struck me as a kid. How, that's what it was supposed to look. If that if that wall with that carpet still existed, Bill, how much would you have to be paid to lick it? Man, after 40 years? Oh my god, no. Uh, you know what? Also, I would like to go there because this is supposedly filmed at WPGH, which was the UHF station in Pittsburgh that aired, like, there. Thundercats and Transformers and G.I. Joe. So I would like to see, like, this is the place that cranked out all the tra crappy childhood cartoons I was addicted to as a kid. But, yeah. There was a, a porn shop near where oh, no. I, I lived uh, in... I think it was in Beaverton, maybe, or Tualatin, anyway. That oh, yeah. doesn't matter. But it was called Mr. Peeps, and when they first moved <laughs> in, they had carpeted walls. I never saw it myself, but I heard people were like, the poor shop has carpeted walls. Why would the, you do that? That's, that's the last place you would want carpeted walls. Like, out, like not like not, not in the jerk-off booths, but like out in the main, like, where there's... Yeah. 
That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Are, is there like hardcore fucking going on at night that they don't, I don't want? Know. Like they wanted to soundproof the place. Like I said, I never saw it for myself. That is because at least in a TV studio, I can understand, especially if they're recording well, sound it was in also there. Seventies. The yeah, that's true. They're <laughs> just random, ugly brown carpet all over everything. Also, thank you for the photo you sent. Just sent me of a zombie. Oh, it's the zombie who bites uh, <laughs> white midget guy's arm, and it does look like he's giving a little sweet tender to zombie kisses. On sweet the kisses. Oh. So uh, some wiener guy is trying to look real cool in his jacket, but he thinks he makes him look like a man. He does look like he should have a Muppet on one arm, though, yeah. <laughs> he tells our lady hero lady to meet him on the roof at night, because they're going to take that chopper, and they're going to get out of here. And, like, her co-worker's just like, whatever, because I don't know. This <laughs> broadcast is getting shut off at 12 anyway, whatever. Yeah, one of my favorite bad acting moments in this movie is the guy, I think that's, he's like a cameraman, and he's like, our job here is finished. And, like, it's this weird, like, he's, like, staring off into the, into the distance, trying to be all, like, I don't know, just kind of weird, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, I guess she's dating the news helicopter pilot, I guess that's supposed to be that guy's job. And Oh, it's, oh okay. I Is guess it? you're supposed to be able to tell he's got a pilot because he's got, like, driving gloves on, which, I, you know what, I wonder a, if that's a reference he's to... He's got a bomber jacket. Yeah, that too. I wonder if the driving gloves might be a little bit of a reference to... Um, the brother in the first film. I don't know. I, I'll go check IMDb trivia while you talk oh, about it. Oh, no. What, what did you find? What people say there. Because no, <laughs> you know what that would be saying. like. Oh, that would totally be trivia. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't delve into that because you know there's like 50 pages of it. Well, especially zombie shit. Like, it fucking, yeah, it's going to be even actual worthless. Oh, man, I fucking hate zombie movie fans. That's why I even hate to even, <laughs> even be all jerked off over Dawn of the Dead, because so many of those guys are fucking weird prepper dudes who are all like, I would totally be sexy and powerful if the world fell, and I, I had a gun, and I could get all the sexy ladies from me. It's like, get the fuck mm -hmm. out of here. You'd be just a worthless piece of shit in the zombie apocalypse as you were in normal life, asshole. But... Anyway, I guess we do get a quick cameo, though. The director in the studio is that's George Romero and his would-be wife mm -hmm. are in there. Would-be. Would-be. Oh, man, there's a whole one last thing about that commentary on the theatrical cut, cut for the box set. His wife, who is in that little scene, his wife, George Romero's wife, is on this commentary that they recorded, like, in 2003. And she is the worst participant in a commentary I've ever heard because all she does is henpeck everyone else. She's not into zombie movies, and she keeps on complaining about how gross the movie is. Mm. And... I was so happy to find out, like, two years after they that box set came out, he divorced her. And I was like, oh my god, I could totally see why, because she's totally wet like in that commentary. He was, he was stewing on that commentary recording for two I years. Was finally I kind of like, he seems like a nice dude, but, like, when it turns out, because he's also, he was old, he was, like, 70 years old when they recorded that commentary, so it's rare for, like, people to get divorced that old, but I kind of wonder if, like... You know, like he may have been listening to that commentary, going, "Oh my god, I gotta catch, kick, kick this fucking lady to the curb!" Holy shit. Anyway, but the movie. Anyway, but the movie. So there's some some building surrounded by a bunch of racist men in navy blue. It's very official looking. And everyone looks oh. like it's like a Max Fisher play because everyone's like, I guess they're supposed to be national security guards. Or it's supposed to be the mm. national guard, but everyone's just like in blue pajamas. <laughs> and yeah. Then people from inside the building storm out on the roof and start shooting. There's one guy in, like, brown face? I, He's supposed yeah, to be- Yeah, I guess they couldn't find somebody with dark skin, because he got- He got brown face, and it looked real, real bad. And, and he, it was the funny thing, is only in the movie for, like, literally three seconds. And even in that three seconds, you're like, oof. 
<laughs> and he comes out, he's shooting, he's like, death to the, there's a thousand pigs. And it's just like totally obviously just found someone, some white, so, cause there's no Mexicans in Pittsburgh. So they had to cook up, I don't know. That's what the fuck's going on in this scene. Yeah. I read that that's John Amplas. He's the star of Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's just so the he's skinny the, white guy. And he's also the, he's also the dude, does it, wait. Is he, is he? A lot of these people show up in he's, multiple he's, roles in multiple films, so he could he's probably he's probably also the caterer of the film and also probably played uh Flyboy in all of his stunt scenes or something like that, yeah. Well he's in Day of the Dead too. Oh is also. he? Yeah, is Ted Fisher? I don't Man, know. Man, I wouldn't know because I've only seen Day of the Dead a handful of times because it's boring as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is funny because like the, the, the two stuntmen in the movie are Tom Savini and his friend. And so, like, you, like whenever there's a stunt for the woman, it's Tom Zavini just in a blonde wig. And so, so if you really pause, like, like you get to tell it's a, a guy, it's it's a short Italian man with a blonde wig on. You know, it's just like that kind of shit, too. So. But yeah, so I guess the idea is that, like, this is supposed to be, like, Philadelphia. And I guess the National Guard is trying to clear out this tenement building because it's being overrun by zombies. Which kind of makes sense if you don't want this to be turned into a zombie factory. You'd want to mm-hmm. clear it out. But there's this one racist guy named Wooly. Who's all like, oh, these these people are like living in a palace. They got it better than I got. And he just starts shooting everyone in the goddamn in 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 in, in the tenement building. Man, I'm sh- oh, I'm so glad we don't have anybody like that in society now. <laughs> Pieces of shit, eternal all throughout history. Yeah, and that's that's when you get the one great headshot because he's just like storming into random rooms and there's one black guy and he's obviously just made out of paper mache and his head explodes. <laughs> What are you talking there about? There is one good actual makeup thing. Because they, they get one lady, is there's a black lady, and I guess her husband is in the, like, the next room, and she's like, no, Terry, what are you doing? And her, and her zombie husband comes shuffling up and tears a bite out of her neck. Mm-hmm. And then he tears a bite out of her arm, and actually that looks... I mean, you can kind of tell the dude's just biting out of rubber, but like yeah. the way it's painted, the skin actually kind of looks like human skin. It's only when the skin tears and it doesn't look like meat underneath. It just looks like like beige rubber. That kind of gives away. But actually for that, like, you know, it actually doesn't look that bad. Especially, I hate to say it, but like fake black skin, like as bad as fake white people's skin and prosthetics and stuff can look like in movies. Like, because that blow, when they do black people, like the paper mache black guy whose head gets blown off. That always ends up looking worse, but that one black lady effect looks actually kind of nice. Anyway, shot the ball. Yeah, also the fact that the black people apparently got lighter skinned when they turned into zombies <laughs> and made blue. That's kind of, I know. That's just, yeah, Tom Savini just like, I guess, I guess we'll just, yeah, they just turned into... <laughs> he just shrugged and said, I don't know how uh, black people work, I assume. I've never seen a dead b- black person, I'll just have to wing it. Which is funny, because Thomas Vini was supposedly got his interest in horror shit, because he was like a combat photographer in Vietnam, so you think he'd, he'd know what yeah. all kinds of people, dead people, look hey, like. But I, uh, Just speaking of the horror in this and the blue, do you think the gore effects would be as fun when they happen to the zombies if they weren't blue? Because I think that kind of adds to the contrast of it and kind of makes it more brutal. That's actually one of the conversations that George Romero and Tom Zemini get in the commentary, uh, talking about how stupid the blood looks in the movie, this movie. Because that's one other thing. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I should clarify. The poster paint? Yeah, the, that's that's exactly. Tom Zemini is like, I hated that blood. It looks like melted crayons. And like George <laughs> Romero is like, you know what? A, that adds to the comic book atmosphere of the movie. And B, actually probably saved us on a bunch of the rating stuff. We probably would have had to cut a lot more violence if the blood actually looked like real blood. But because it looks like poster paint, we can get away with it because it's obviously fake and yeah, it's, it's more same, fun i mean that 
Are they still... Well, I can't say they're still because the movie's probably like 10 years old now, but that's the same type of blood that Tim Burton used in Sweeney Todd. The big, oh, man, thick, I've bright, not seen blood. that since it first came out, so... And well, you Me know what? It's, it's probably intentionally a reference to this kind of... Which is funny because it's so... It's not like people did know what blood looked like in 1973. Seven Nobody or had ever bled before. That's what it was. It wasn't it like not until like 1981 that people were like, "Oh yeah, blood is kind of actually kind of it's more like people juice. It's not just poster paint. Like it's actually got it's kind of thin and transparent. Yeah, it actually makes things darker rather than pinker when it gets on them. But yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, I guess I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh whatever. <laughs> so tired of the party's motto right now. A long sigh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just get this shit moving along. Some young guy can't kill zombies in a room full of zombies, but he does eventually, and he's so upset by it, he kills himself. Yeah. This makes a thinning 70s blonde hair man go be upset in the basement. Yeah. He's not alone in there. There's a black man with eyes on the side of his head that's like, hey. <laughs> Just because he looks like a Pokemon. That dude does have 360-degree vision, because like, it is, because, well, it's funny, because they're having a conversation, and suddenly, a dude who's dressed one of the army men from Toy Story shows up, and that's actually, like, a conventionally attractive black guy, and I always kind of mm. wonder, like, why didn't they get that guy to be the main black guy, rather than the guy who looks like, hey, so who looks like, he, who looks like, whenever they put, like, little, like, um, squiggly eyes stickers on a statue that's what he looks like but in in, in real life but yeah i got a, a question you're not going to be able to answer because i don't know if, i don't think there is an answer mm -hmm. how come talking toxic masculinity didn't make it that sharing cigarettes between two dudes is gay does like, that mean sharing everything else gay but these two you know passing a cigarette get sharing a cigarette is oh is that what happens i never do... even picked up on that yeah they 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 pass a cigarette between you mean the, 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 the little guy little white guy and the tall black guy right yeah i never picked uh, up on that yeah peter I, and roger oh peter and roger yeah that's a good point i guess because cigarettes in themselves are masculine enough oh, that i so guess it overrides the when you put them in your mouth and you suck on them. And the white like, phallic mm, things in your mouth and you're yeah. like, mm, this feels so yeah. good. Oh, I love the suck yeah. on it. Uh, oh, I, I should also, my two notes uh, about the movie, I actually skipped over the first one. It's when they're in the uh -oh. TV station and uh -huh. you get to see what the TV station cameras look like. And it's and the call letters on the side of the cameras are just a piece of paper with the fake call letters <laughs> scribbled on in, in Sharpie. And it looks so fucking terrible. It's hilarious. And uh, man, you know, I didn't really, I didn't take a ton of, I took two pages less than usual, but yeah. the chaos that was happening in there felt, I, I saw an interview with somebody that's like, oh, it's, you know, so real and stuff, but it just felt kind of forced and like, yeah. these are professionals. I, I, I don't know. You're talking about the chaos at, at the TV station? Yeah yeah. 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 I do like the one security guard at the, at the TV station just picks up and leaves um yeah. and my other note too is i like how about things about seem like they're about to get interesting when the black guy in the tenement basement full of zombies eating butcher shop garbage uh 
Because there's the <laughs> what scene. What are you talking about? That was totally a human thigh bone and not all a giant cow bone. Well, so Peter, the tall guy, he's like in the basement where all these zombies, I guess all the all the people in the tenement were keeping all, all their dead in the basement. And so there's a scene where he goes in there and the music rises and like he's watching all these zombies eat each other and shit. And it all seems like it's going to be interesting. And suddenly, like I said, the, the, the other black guy dressed like a Toy Story army man suddenly pokes his head through the wall. <laughs> and suddenly the music cuts short and like it suddenly turns into an entirely different scene. It like interrupts the movie just so this guy can go mm -hmm. come, come poke his head through. He goes, "Oh, you guys okay?" And like Peter's like, "Oh yeah, we're okay." And I, then I guess he and Roger have a cigarette. But it just <laughs> seems no. Like... That happens. Oh, hold on, you skip some stuff. Oh, okay. Because um, it's it's they it, it, this they movie skips around a bit at the beginning. Yeah. They share a cigarette and say, "Hey, we won." And the other guy say, "Yeah, maybe we run." Oh, and that's then, right. Okay. Oh, what is that? Also, the scene where the black priest with one leg yeah, shows then, up. Yeah. That one-legged priest with an accent uh, comes up and is like, "I try to act. You see me? <laughs> try to act. I try. I try very hard." He's the best one-legged Jamaican <laughs> foreign priest guy I've ever seen in a movie. I do like it's a he little. He said, "Tells them there's a bunch of bodies in the basement, and yeah. he gave the last rites to, and now they should probably just fucking go down there and shoot the shit out of them because he said you're stronger than us, but soon I think." They'd be stronger than you. Which I always thought that was a nice line. But then he also mm -hmm. says to, to, to stop the killing, we must stop the war or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. I could see what we he's talking about. We must stop killing. We must stop the killing or we lose the war. Yeah. Because if you if you kill people, they're going to turn into the undead and they're, they're going to bite you. Which is and a good point. Say, Ow, and then you could be a zombie. But it, that, that does, uh, that line does feel like a remnant of the leftover from the peace protest from the Vietnam War or something like that. But, mm. um, but I mean, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, if, if you keep on killing people, you're just making more zombies. But So, uh, oh, I didn't God, I'm watching more of these black zombies and it is fucking... <laughs> oh, but dude, everyone's just blue. It looks like Smurf Village in here. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. What was I going to say? Uh, Something uh, about uh, basement, uh, black zombie, priest oh, guy. So, yeah. so I've always heard, like, even when, mostly when Dead Rising first came out, and people oh, were yeah. like, no, see, it's a, it's a, uh, 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 it's, 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Man, I'm having trouble. Hermaphroditic? No. <laughs> No, uh, it's a, a statement on on the real culture. It's like a like, thematic, we're, yeah. We're walking through and we're the zombies just shuffling around the malls. Well, and that's shit. And, what this is supposed. Yeah. Well, yeah, but hold on. So I I always always like, oh fuck, man, come on, just just <laughs> Louise. Oh no. That's and and I finally like I watched a documentary on this and it was nice to hear George Romero say. Yeah, I just fucking... People always talk about the hidden meaning, but I didn't fucking hide that shit. I shoved it out there as hard as I could. So yeah. it's kind of like, oh, it's nice that all these assholes are like, well, actually, you see, the zombies are actually supposed to be us walking around, blah, 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 blah. It's nice to hear John Romero say, no, there's no hidden meaning. George Romero... Shoved, yeah. I just shoved that out in people's faces as hard as I could. He is a remarkably unpretentious dude. That's one of the things I've always loved. Like, that's why the commentary for this movie always, like, cracked me up, because he's always just like, I don't know, I just like to make the story like he's just like not like he's like sure I'll have themes and stuff like that but even then with the characters he's always like I I'm not worried about the characters I just find actors I like and I'll just build the characters around the actors but I'm not like really worried about like oh this is this character so, consistency interesting or anything like that or even like as Night of the Living Dead where like that became a big thing about like oh the the black guy he gets shot by the white guys at the end George Romero was always like I mean that's a I guess you can say that's kind of a theme I just like that actor that wasn't meant so, to be a big thing yeah 
I I have now seen two of his movies, but mm-hmm. you're more of a fan of him as a, and a Pittsburgh boy, so I'll ask you the question. Is he a good filmmaker, or did he get lucky? He's not a good filmmaker. He, he has more interesting <laughs> ideas okay. than he's a good filmmaker. And that's the... that's the And I need to see more of his movies, because one of the things I've always th- thought about watching for the podcast, but it's two and a half hours long, and even Whoa. for me, that's like... Uh, he has a movie called Night Riders, which I think he made right after this, which is about mm-hmm. a bunch of bikers who work at a Ren fair where they dress up like knights and they joust on the back of motorcycles, and it's the first movie that Ed Harris from The Abyss was ever in. Mm. And it's supposedly it stars half the people that are in this movie. And that sounds like such a weird idea for a fucking movie. But then I'm like, I don't know if it's two and a half hours worth of a good movie, especially with George Romero executing it, where it's he's not letting... And, and yeah, it's it's... Yeah, that sounds like an interesting idea. Just like Martin, the, the vampire movie I was talking about. That's more of an interesting idea than it is a good movie. And that's the same thing with Dawn of the Dead. The Dawn of the Dead. And that's... And I like it so much because I started watching it as a kid. If I had discovered Dawn of the Dead when I was older, I'd be more like... Especially if I'd seen, like, Return of the Living Dead and, and more exciting movies that came in its wake, I would definitely be more, much more down on this movie. But the fact that I grew up with it. But, yeah, George Romero... Well, that's what Did I said, it scare you, you when you were a kid? I thought, you know what, actually, the violence didn't scare me, but how some of the people behaved? Like, that priest mm-hmm. scene, where it's like, they would be more powerful than you, but I think they'll be, you know, like, there's a little, a little portentous scenes like that, or like or that are kind of, like, like, signifying doom and, like, how society is falling apart. That always scared me than any of the actual zombie stuff. Because that always freaked me out to see, like, society crumbling and adults not being able to keep it from crumbling always freaked me out. Kind of the same thing that I always loved Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome so much as a kid. Where I was like, that was the first time it was ever presented me as a kid that like, yeah, human society is not guaranteed. Things could fall apart. And the people who you think are responsible for keeping things from going bad, they could fuck up and things could go bad. And everyone could just be dead. And so that always kind of scared me more than just like, oh, I'm a zombie. Yeah. But, yeah, and what did you think? Because I know your big criticism of so many zombie movies, they default on the the real villain or the people. Yeah. Did you get much sad. of that from this? No, not really. I mean, oh, the okay. bikers show up at the end, but that felt more of like, hey, we got to have some action at the end. Yeah, it's never levied that, like, this is the ultimate downfall of humanity or like, yeah, it's it's not being a big pretentious thing about stuff. No, and it happens so fast compared to the rest <laughs> well, of the Well, it's movie. just the last 20 minutes of the movie, and that's it. The movie's over. I mean, it yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't... We'll get to that. Dawn but... of the Dead not making any sense. <laughs> I would they, with the fact they're all living in a mall that is just hand-waved, like, how do they still have power? It, I don't it know. Was... It's nuclear, I guess? Fine-ish. There's a lot of plot holes, but, you know, it was the 70s. But it's not that kind of movie. Gotta, yeah, and that kind of lends into the thing about this movie kind of being a more of a comic book movie than it is trying to be, like, a serious, like... Like, they show all, they show all the... Pol- Always in the back that you know connect all the stores together, but mm-hmm. they can't use those for some reason to get into the stores. Yeah, they have to come up with some weird excuses as to why they can't just like, yeah, it just we see the hallways because that's how malls work too. Because the malls yeah. always have those crawl spaces. I mean, that's how the loading docks work because you've got this network of, of, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's problems with it to be sure. Yeah, so. I would be but interesting if a be nice if an actual good filmmaker actually remade not even remade this movie, but did something similar where like had the same idea of like okay zombies in a in a mall. What do you do? But like, you know. but so what Is happens? There... Who... Okay, so yeah, we got to move. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say because yeah, we talk about. So I guess so... yeah. 
Oh, they—he, they—the old priest was right. There are a bunch of zombies in the basement. They were hiding behind that uh, barricade that somebody built out of a balsa wood plane kit. Oh, there's the scene. I, I never really realized how stupid this is. Like, there's a room that's barricaded that the cops just suddenly decide, like, hey, let's tear down the barricade and see what happens. So, of yeah. course, they're just, like, overrun by all the zombies that are packed in there, and that's pretty much... Is, is they that just get supposed decimated. to be the same room that, that Peter and Roger go in? Even though or they is that could, a different area? Even though it makes it sound like the, they were shuffling all their dead down in the basement, they, that seems to be a random hallway that's not in the basement. Uh, it, well, that's that's the thing. It's The movie never really makes it clear, because it's just kind of jumbled together. And mm. totally it's interesting, but, like, if you're trying to figure out the logistics of, like, what's happening here? Like, Romero's not interested in that at all. He's more just interested in weird tone and weird shit happening rather than, like, narrative consistency, so. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, Roger and Peter get the hell out of there, though. Yeah, Roger and cool dork guy meet him at the docks or something. I don't know, they got Peter there, too. And I guess there's cops, like, stealing cigarettes. Oh, there's the, the one of my other weird performances in the movie. There's a cop there. What the fuck does he say? I'm sorry, no, he's a real wiener? Is the what he is? wiener guy? Because, like, I almost wonder, is he supposed to be a wiener who stole a cop outfit? Because he's, like, cross-eyed. Um. And he's like, where are you going? And they're like, we're Sounds gonna... like a cop to me. Yeah. <laughs> Not a Pittsburgh cop or, or, or a Portland cop, I wish. But like, yeah, this guy's like, "Where are you going?" And they're like, "We're going. We're we're, go we're taking the hell he out." He says, "Hey, you guys got any smokes? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going. We're going to the island. What island? I don't, I know, don't any know. Island. And he just kind of. Where makes are you going? <laughs> I just like all ah, and men over here. Like, what is wrong with this guy? And they. <laughs> they're very, they're very smart. They say straight up, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, good stuff." He has to think about it for a moment. He's like, "Yeah, let's get." He chooses gum and walks away, and that's it. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, I can see why the and zombies he, are winning if that's what the police yeah. department in this town is like. As soon as they get straight up, they light up those cigarettes. They told him they didn't have. Uh, you know what? That's yeah. something. <laughs> fill that, fill that cabin with smoke. Mmm, that's the good stuff. Thank you. Well, 70s. how else are you going to survive hey, in 1977? Hey, Bill, you remember in the 80s when you'd go in a fucking restaurant and they'd ask you if you wanted the smoking or non-smoking section? Uh -huh. How fucking buck wild is that now? <sighs> Man, yeah, and that's... Because you'd sit, you'd sit in the non-smoking section and the, the smoke would just stop at that barrier to the smoking section and be like, yes, I can't cross over. Which is a thing that had never really concerned me until I moved to Portland and started hanging out with people who didn't smoke. Because even the people who, like, I, my family all smoked. And everyone in Pittsburgh smoked, and even the people I hung out with smoked. So that was never, I didn't really occur to me how fucking weird that was until I moved to Portland and put some distance between that and started hanging out with people who didn't smoke, and now that seems so much more alien now. Even though that was like less than 20 years ago, really, before that stopped really being a thing, but like... Like, well, I never smoked on a plane. Uh, smoke, uh, yeah, it's true. I never did smoke on a plane because I've never smoked in my life. Yeah. But I, I never got on a plane when smoking was a thing that you could do on a plane. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Restaurants. Oh, yeah. Did I, ever, did I ever tell you about the thing where I went some, with some friends to Comic-Con and uh, I was the one who was responsible for renting us our room that we were all going to mm -hmm. share? And of course they were like, do you care about smoking or non-smoking? And I was like, I don't give a shit. Whatever's cheapest. And so, of course, we wound up with a smoking room and everyone... Uh, I, I, who showed up there to share the hotel room with me, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This place smells like garbage. And because I hung out with, uh, smokers, I've never really smoked myself, but because I, everyone I knew smoked, like, I couldn't tell, I, I was like, I, well, why do you guys care? And then the next time, after moving to Portland and being away from smokers for long enough, I wound up, like, when I was going to PAX, my friends and I, we wound up stuck with a smoking room 
just because it was the last thing I had left. And that place smelled like so fucking shitty. Like mm-hmm. the stale stink of cigarette smoke. I could totally see why everyone was so upset with me that I got a smoking room for, for, for Comic-Con the, that like, oh my smoking God. Smoking smells like the 70s. You know what? Actually, the funny thing is I'm still nostalgic for the sm- uh, smell of fresh cigarette smoke. I actually you know still what? enjoy. So but I never knew my grandma smoked. But her her house smelled smelled like smoke. Yeah. And I have some nostalgia because every time I'd go over to my grandma's place, it smelled of smoke. She never ever ever smoked around the grandkids. So That's we didn't, funny. I did I didn't know she smoked. But you'd go in her her house and you'd be like, Wow, oh, grandma God. smells like this. And that's one of the wild things, too. So when Ralph Wiggum and, and his dad were like, it tastes like grandma when they eat the tobacco, I'm like, I relate to this. <laughs> well, when my dad died, I went to go visit my, uh, where my parents had been living in, in Missouri. And I forgot, like, you know, of course, everything they, they own smelled like cigarette smoke. But then I forgot my mom, because I think she was always really conscious about the how the smell of cigarettes was making her house smell. Would always overuse, like, air fresheners and stuff like that. So the con- so after being away from that for so long, going back and smelling all the stale cigarette smoke mixed with, like, air fresheners and all this other stuff, just smelled just like- It was- to me, it's the smell of middle-class people- just the middle-class America, but it also just- it was nauseating. Just because yeah, it was- I the, did- oh. I did a one chick that smoked when she drank at bars. That was the only time she smoked, and I kissed her once after that. It was oh, the worst no. experience of my I life. Threw up in her mouth a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all to say. They fly over a bunch of rednecks and army. <laughs> look at look at us. We're fucking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't believe we just went on a tear for twenty minutes about smoking. But... Yeah, and yeah, so this but... is this is one of the parts that always cracks me up because all the, the the rednecks are drinking Iron City beer, which is the big beer in Pittsburgh, of course. And yeah, th- this is the. It's kind of funny because this is the first time in the movie that things kind of get kind. I don't want to say funny. They're listening to a song that's like, I'm a man. I hate women because I'm a man. Satirical? Would you I, call it satirical? I mean, unless they specifically recorded that to be a satire in this movie, which I doubt. I'm sure they just found like an old library song of just like some guy been like, I'm a man. But yeah, it's all these rednecks in the National Guard are just like shooting. Just to, they're essentially having a party. They're just shooting zombies and stuff like that, which does go to show that like I, the zombie threat is not much if I, you're just well armed. But hate how uh, topical this currently feels to our current situation in the world and that this is still relevant. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, just the whole rednecks with guns trope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's never... Like, this whole... This scene could be in a current movie and you'd be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. No, I Fucking mean... And these... And the, oh. yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's. I mean, this is kind of like the backbone of America: dipshits with beers and guns. Yeah. As much as I hate to say, it, I mean, this is. It takes. This is this. No, because uh, you need a backbone. <laughs> this is like the not saying that's of a America. good backbone, but this is like the bu- butthole pelvis region of America. This is but, the rib that you want to get removed, like, so you can give yourself a blowjob. As someone who's lived in Texas, Pennsylvania, and Portland. I can, I mean, this is, I can attest to this, this is something that exists everywhere in the country, so. And, I mean, as as much as these fucking zombie fans love to jerk off about how badass they would be in a zombie apocalypse, it really would just be the rednecks with all the guns, which would actually, you know, of course they'd be the ones the most well-off, the preppers. Like, the weird redneck preppers would be the most well-off. Oh, this movie would have been ten times better if it, instead of the ending it had, if 
they flew back over this area and it had been completely overrun and fucked. It's just like craters. It's not even the dead bodies of those same guys, but like, what the fuck happened here? There's like fucking like artillery shells had been exploded here. Yeah. Just a mushroom cloud. Yeah. No, actually, that would have been. You know, it's one of those things that I'm sure if the if if, if Romero had the time and money and foresight, he probably would have. If if yeah, if this were a comic book, you would totally. That's how the, this thing would end. But so God. they landed an airfield and do the smart thing and split up as Roger <laughs> refills the plane with. I didn't quite get it because he said, "Hey, this gas tank is out of gas, so but this one still has some left." Uh, don't they all pull from one like big yeah, bin? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Um, I send, but that makes me sound like I'm posting on AMDB people goofs. <laughs> I so mean, if no we're thanks. talking about like things that make sense, why does Flyboy get attacked by two zombies while Fran just stands there, kind of just looking oh my, at we'll her shoes? We'll get there, Cause we're almost to that. Okay. Because jumping Jiminy Jillikers. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Peter goes into a building, hears something locked behind a door, so he just shoots it, because I guess they have unlimited ammunition, they can just shoot doors. And when he shoots, it's the most canned, like, so many of the gunfire effects of this movie are just like the same, like, two sound effects just on a loop and stuff, too. It's, it's pretty cute. What are you talking about? They don't use the same ricochet sound effect you, there's a dozen one times. <laughs> the one scene when it's ricocheting six times, it's the same, six, same ricochet, <laughs> it sounds like something from a Conan O'Brien skit. But yeah. yeah, but yeah. So Roger, yeah, there's or not Peter. There's there's things behind the door that he shoots. But yeah. Yeah, Stephen and Francine go leave the the dark, scary building they were in and run right into a Zombombo who wrestles with Stephen on the ground. And she just stands there, kind of like, well, and this, this goes happening. On for, this goes on for five fucking minutes. We're like, mm -hmm. Flyboy, he's reaching she's, for the hammer. And she, she sees him grabbing for it, and she's like, I should probably hand that to Well, there's a second I, I zombie coming down the hill, and she's just, like, torn between, like, not helping Roger and torn between not doing anything else. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> That's, like, her big dilemma. So then Roger finally caves in the first zombie's brain, in, and then he does... Hey. <laughs> What is this windmill arm motion collide with the Which, other zombie move he does? Because he's trying to hit the guy with the hammer, but the best part, he doesn't actually hit him with the hammer. He just, like, zops him with his arm. He just, like, there's no reason. I, and they both fall down. It is great. It is so inelegant I, and fantastic. I love it. I wish I had uh, video editing skills, because I would totally input Guile's theme into this <laughs> section of the movie if it, somebody could do that. Please. And you'd have to loop it three times because the scene takes so fucking long. God, I, I, that's one of those things, I have no idea if they just were busy. He, they I'm, could not afford to take a second take, or if maybe George Romero <laughs> thought that was, because it is fucking legitimately hilarious. I mean, they, they, they do spend this point in the movie, even though it never really pays off making him as ineffectual as yeah. possible. Yeah. Oh, and then I forgot because then he shows up a uh, flyboy, Roger. He was is it Roger or is it Steven? It's Steven. Steven is flyboy, pilot guy. He ends up back at the little like I guess like the little pilot house where Peter's been checking stuff out. Well, and we Peter gets attacked by the two things that are in the door. They're two little kids. Yeah. And he just throws them around. <laughs> Like two of the only children in this in the zombie apocalypse. I think people have claimed that these are at least until like zombies had their big recurring thing in the in the early aughts. Like these are the, mm -hmm. the only two zombie kids you really see. 
it, at least I guess the classic there's, I, from just looking at the photos on IMDb, I guess there's one other that kind of looks like the kid from E.T. in this movie. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. You mean, like, at the mall or something like that? Yeah, I'm yeah, kind of surprised yeah. they didn't. If, if they were going to have here. zombie kids here, I'm surprised there's not more zombie kids. I'm, I'm honestly... Well, I guess it's only 1977, so arcade games aren't a big thing, so there probably wasn't an arcade at the mall, but if this movie had just been made, like, a year or two later, you know there... I know there's an, there's an actual arcade montage. Yeah. But you know they would have had a scene where there's, like, zombie kids at the zombie arcade. Like, that would have been a total joke in this movie if they made this movie just a year or two later. Uh, playing Space Invaders and shit like that. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so <sighs> Peter shoots those two kids with the same sound effect ten times. And, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, he turns around, and then suddenly the zombie who's on the poster for Dawn of the De or Day of the Dead, which I've never understood that the sequel to this... They suddenly took this zombie and made that the poster zombie for the next film, which... Well, no, and no, it's no, not no. even on, that good on, makeup. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Because there is stuff in between. Oh, there is? Okay. Yeah, there is the, the zombie with the really tall head, for <laughs> oh, some it's... reason, is, is stalking uh, uh, Roger, that's gassing a, up the plane. That's something else Paul Tom Zavini in the commentary is like, ugh, total call, <laughs> collar pull, where he's like, eh, <laughs> could have done a better job on that one. <laughs> Yeah, and that guy's just the actor is just wide-eyed and and wandering. I let I so in the documentary I watched, they were like with the, for the zombies, they didn't give any directions. They're just like be however you think a zombie would be. So everybody had their different takes on what how they thought. And yeah. I guess this guy, or no, it was this guy. He would he had didn't interact with any other zombies, so he didn't. Know well, how, he is kind of by himself. Like yeah, there's no yeah. <laughs> So he's just wide-eyed and like, huh? It is more of a frame, which is funny because I know looks, they... he's acting like Conan O'Brien would act as a zombie. Exactly, because it's so. And again, George Romero not giving a fuck. I'm sure he's probably entertained as much as anything else. It's like it's not scary, but it's funny, so we'll go with it. Yeah. So, but it stands up on some boxes by the helicopter and gets a ding dong head cop chopped off because I guess they let the left the helicopter running while they were gassing it up. You're not supposed this to leave is... cars running while you gas it up. Are you supposed to leave helicopters running? As I guess you gas I wanted it to keep it warmed up in case, like, they get attacked. They wouldn't be able to get the hell out of there. Because uh, I can't mm. imagine it uses that much fuel if it's just idling. Of course, it's going to use some yeah. fuel, but not like not that much. Just idling on the helipad. Also, but... these people are stupid. So. <laughs> but yeah, so Peter, yeah, he gets attacked by the kids. He gets attacked by uh, Day of the Dead zombie poster guy, mm -hmm. and I don't know why he doesn't shoot them. But Roger is about to shoot the guy. When suddenly, uh, oh no, Steven Flyboy is about to shoot him. Then suddenly, Roger does this great thing where he comes by with his own gun, taps a Flyboy's gun out of the way, and shoots the zombie. And well, then Peter's because all that motherfucker shoots and misses a bunch of times because he does yeah. that before. And, and uh, in fact, I think that happens twice in the same like thirty-second scene where he like shoots and misses, and and like Roger has to step in and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna yeah. show you how it's done." Yeah. And again, it's totally like emasculating Flyboy, which I kind of like. Yeah. I like that everyone's well, not very he's competent. a wiener. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's totally. He's he's the Millhouse. It would have been inter interesting if. Uh... <laughs> I want a zombie movie that's just the Shelbyville. It's everyone's just going to Shelbyville and fighting zombies and shit like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's the Millhouse, I guess. It, it would have been interesting if you know. So over the course of a movie, this this lady is able to learn how to fly a helicopter. If. If they had trained this motherfucker who sucks at shooting zombies 
at the beginning to be a like a badass that military dude, cool. and yeah. he still wasn't able to get out of the movie. Uh, to uh, actually, that would be kind of funny. I mean, to be fair, he's still running around with the gun at the end of the movie. It's just dangling off the end of his finger. Uh, he's but he's still not any better with guns than he was at the start, I guess. Um, yeah, it's funny too because it's a weird character progression because it's insinuated the whole reason this gang gets together, it's because. Uh, Roger the little dude is supposed to be friends with Flyboy, and that's how Fly, you know Roger knew to go meet Flyboy and Francine at, at the helipad, and he just happened to bring Peter with him because they just happened to meet, you know, three minutes. In the they movie. shared a cigarette, and was he was like, I like the way your <laughs> lips taste on the end of this cigarette. <laughs> and then they kind of licked their lips at each other, but like it's never that like Peter and uh, or uh, Roger and uh, Flyboy never were like really friendly with each other, and it's actually Peter and Roger that are like the real dude. Uh, dude bros in this movie, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, it, it, it is kind of a shame for as slow as this movie moves and as, how, as much dead air there is via the filming, they didn't... I don't know if it's the right way to say it. They didn't do a good job of making these people feel like they were bonding through. Yeah. Like, they had the scene where he cooks dinner for them, and that's about it for his, like... They friends now. Yeah. Like they They're don't stuck really show together, them becoming but... closer. Yeah. And even and Fran like and Flyboy aren't really close. I mean, granted, they're going through a zombie apocalypse, so all friendships like, are kind of like strained. But is there a, as a fan, is there a, have they said how long they're supposed to be stuck up in that mall? I know there's a point where you see like half a month is crossed out on a calendar. I but... think it's only supposed to be a couple months because Franny, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she admits early on that she's pregnant and she's showing a little bit at the end, but it's not like it can't be any more than like maybe six months. Actually, I think she even says something about like she's a good three or four months in, but she should be showing by then. So it can't from, be more than a couple months. Aside from that, they do a real shit job of the passage of time in this. Which, you could say that that is an honest portrayal of them just being stuck. Like, mm -hmm. the, how else, you know, oh, they could have done something with the seasons, I guess. When they're outside, like, you know, they could have done, like, you know, spring enough. I mean, I know the film was filmed over the winter. Well, there's a lot so of ways there's they could have done much. it. They could have showed them, like, playing the Star Wars arcade and getting better <laughs> and better at it. That would have been funny. You know a what, higher actually, and higher score. It would have been funny if the seasons in the mall kind of kept progressing magically, like, oh, all the Christmas decorations here, and now they suddenly have the foresight <laughs> to put all the Easter decorations. Roger's like playing Pac-Man, and he gets a kill screen and looks at the camera and says, fuck you, Billy Mitchell. <laughs> they could have done something like that, yeah. Uh, in retrospect, yeah, well, that's something funny you could do in a remake, though, if you had a really, you know, cool remake. Um, the only interesting thing in the, rem in the remake that Sh Z Zack Snyder did, which I thought was interesting, uh, there is a pr another pregnant lady in that movie, and she gives- she doesn't give birth to a zombie baby. The zombie baby eats its way out. Mmm. If I remember correctly, which I thought- that's the only memorable thing I remember from that movie, but... And of course, half the cast show up as little cameos in that thing, too, so... But, so, yeah, they're flying, and, and it's it's fucking great because well, they, they're... Well, before that, yeah. Peter goes over and is like, don't point a gun at people. It's oh. scary, okay? And then he points his gun at Stephen to make his point, and this makes Peter, or Stephen, feel bad and sad. He makes said, him angry. <laughs> then they get back on the helicopter, argue about where they're going, because after a whole day of flying around aimlessly, they finally decided, I guess we should have a location we were going. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, then they fly over a mall, and someone uh -huh. feels obligated to explain what a mall is. They say, what on earth is that? <laughs> I 
They're just so great. This is nothing marks this movie as being well. Everything marks this movie as being a late '70s production. But the fact that you feel obligated to explain to the audience what a shopping mall is mm-hmm. is so funny. It's like, hey, it's one of those new indoor malls. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, fucking hilarious. And so they decide to sit down, uh, set down there yeah. because they need somewhere because like Flyboy needs to take yeah. a nap. And they land like on that. the helipad. All malls apparently have. Is, is it even a marked helipad? I mean, of course. You yes, just... yes, it is. It's got a big H right I there. I wonder if they painted that up for the movie, or if that's a real thing. Like, I wonder if, like, if you could go to Monroeville. Actually, you know what? We'll find out. Monroeville Mall. Whole... You think of Google Maps? It would show it on the roof. I don't know. It's, um, it still exists. Oh yeah, no, Monroeville Mall. That 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 um. that movie was always. <laughs> That mall I was, suppose uh, if one mall is going to exist, it's going in the world. That's what I'm saying. The and, one that the well, zombie movie was. And that's in. the funny thing, because in Pittsburgh, it always had a really good, you know, tourist trade. Because, um, yeah, Monroeville Mall it was always doing better than Century Three Mall in the wrong, uh, long run. Uh, mm-hmm. The Century Three Mall being the mall I grew up with in Pittsburgh, but uh, because Monroeville Mall's on the opposite side of town from me, I'm looking at the roof of Monroeville Mall. I don't see a helipad. Of course not. <laughs> Um, Why would you ever need to fly a helicopter into <laughs> a fucking mall? Because the only time you need to fly a helicopter is, is when you're dropping off the Hamburglar that Homer can murder. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally... Uh, there's two ends, at uh, the opposite ends of the mall where the helipad would have been, and yeah, there's nothing there, but... Um, but yeah, so, they so well, anyway, sky- but in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I was just going to throw out that in Pittsburgh, okay. uh, they would always have a horror convention at the Monroeville. Well, there's an expo center right across the street from the Monroeville mall. So of mm. course, almost every fucking fall you had, so not all of them, but you always had like, they almost cycled through them. Different cast members from this movie showing up for that comic book convention. And of course would host a hall, host a tour of the Monroeville mall. And so every time I go to that comic book convention, oh, it's Flyboy this year. Oh, it's Peter this year. Oh, this year they got Peter and Flyboy together. And they would go yeah, ro- walk across the street and charge five bucks a head for like a, t- like, this is the part where I put the little, little white guy in the wheelbarrow. This is the part where I walked around with the gun dangling off my finger. This is the part where Franny did nothing. And this is also the part where Franny did nothing. You know, and that kind of shit. So, yeah. Boy, she sucks, huh? <laughs> not as I mean, badly I mean, as What's Her Face from the first movie, but I, like, yeah, it's no, no. she's so, not great. So, so she's, I, I saw the interviews and shit where she was like, and, and Romero wanted me to scream, and I was like, I'm not gonna scream. I'm a strong, independent woman, and that's fine, you know. She didn't scream, but also have some emotion when he's do rustling something. on the ground with a zombie. Do something. Do something. I mean, something. yeah, just some, just have any kind of inner life. Yeah, because some... that that lady's not being able to do anything really carried over from that first zombie movie. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. And in, in the remake of this, you could actually make Franny or whatever the equivalent would be. Actually, more like she doesn't actually have to be an action girl, but just make her give her some kind of character, not just like, oh, I'm just here to make cookies and and get pregnant. I'm here to be pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So definitely, she's definitely the Padme of this movie. Uh, so uh, the guys, they, and also look... rewatching this movie, I always forget too. When they first show up at the mall, they're just looking for supplies. They're not thinking about... Aud- it's not until a ways into the movie that Peter mm-hmm. even suggests that they could stay here. Uh, so, yeah, Peter and Roger decide... They're the ones who decide to go, like, just check, scope things out, and they start running around the mall. Sh- uh, not even no, not even they... shooting zombies, but just punching them in the face and stuff. <laughs> they look in skylights. 
Yeah. See some Zombombos walking around here and there because it was an important. It must have been an important place. <laughs> That's like one of the few moments in the movie where it gets all like me, 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 political criticism. Yeah, social, not a ton of social them. criticism, but yeah. Probably can't get all the gate past all the gates that the stores have up and stuff. So, hmm. Peter and Roger find, see some supplies, so they have to break a window to go down there. Oh, that's right, because they see, like, like in, the, in the in the living quarters, there's, yeah, actually, like, Department of Defense, yeah, like, yeah. And stuff. they're like, hey, you want to do some shopping? And he's like, heck yeah, let's go do some shopping. So they find a control room and decide to turn the power on everything, because that sounds fun, I guess, yeah. <laughs> they hit the big, shiny, candy-like Muzak button, <laughs> which allows the movie to be half as goofy as it is for the rest of the movie, of just, like, what? Oh, it is funny because there's a little montage of everything in the mall being powered up and there's like mechanical dolls built into the wall and there's like kazoo music suddenly playing and it's all very stupid and and <laughs> cute, but yeah. It is, it's never been a moment more Bill Mudrin than that moment. <laughs> but you can see, well, the gonk, which is a famous bit of music, which I don't think starts up until way later in the movie, but the do 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 Oh god, I forgot how the gonk goes. That is my theme song for life, is just that <laughs> fucking song. In fact, you know what? Actually, if I had not chosen the Busca theme song for my part of the podcast, I would have probably hey, chosen the gonk. Hey, hey, we're early, but you rant. I'm gonna make pee pee. Oh, I could, I, yeah, you go piss. Yeah, you, oh, I, I'll be back in half an hour when you're done ranting. Pinch a loaf while I just <laughs> wax philosophical about the mall. About all my special favorite memories at the mall and how it's weird because they uh, the, the the hockey rink, the ice rink that gets shown a lot in this in this movie, uh, later got replaced with a food court, which is weird because then the, the so what they do with the food court, I guess you know they drained all the ice and everything like the food court's kind of sunken in because I guess they built that at the bottom of the ice rink and they didn't really take anything else about the ice rink out. So you have to kind of step up out of the food court to get back on the level. You know, of course, the, of course, the, the ice rink of the way it was built, you know, it's built sunken in so it's one filled with ice. You know, it's level with the rest of the floor around the, 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 the rink. So that's kind of the giveaway. If you ever go to the food court at the Monroeville Mall, you'll realize, like, this, this is not designed to actually originally be a food court. Um, but, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else. I have interesting memories of Monroeville. Monroeville Mall is not where I first played Mario 64, I don't think. That was the South Hills Mall, I think. Because that's... Yeah, there's no movie theater. Because I went to go... I first played Mario 64 with my friends and I. We went to go see the special edition of The Empire Strikes Back. And while waiting for the movie to start, we were running around the mall. And the J.C. Penney's had the kiosk with the Mario 64 out front, and yeah, that's that's a different mall. But yeah, Monroeville Mall. They had some cool comic book conventions out there. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. So that's my history of Monroeville Mall. I've shit. Oh, I've shit in that mall so hard. Oh my gosh, so hard. Uh, here, here's a list of malls I've shit in by Bill Mudger. <laughs> Pioneer Square oh. Mall, downtown Portland. I've used. You know what, Bill? If you made a coffee table book about malls. <laughs> Mall bathrooms, walls I have now, shit in. Walls I have shit in would be best title for that. Would would, there, would would I be obligated to take a photo of myself shitting in that mall as I'm like you know as, as part of the, like you know the little I don't know. No. ABC All Star Saturday continues after these messages. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room, not that room! 
Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. Get out. I don't believe We're it. We're gonna what? get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, except the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences, George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. You may never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center. One of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. We've got a war. I'm afraid. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead. moments was clogging a, a, t- a mall toilet <laughs> do you applaud yourself like the collector and guardians of Did the galaxy out of there. <laughs> i looked at the person i was with and i said i'll clog that toilet so wait so that was actually at a mall yeah because you realize how much how big your turns have to be because that is like industrial <laughs> presumably if they have industrial sized like pipes for that kind of thing so you've yeah. managed to clog up at the mall mm-hmm. oh yeah that's pretty that is i damn. actually heard the toilet saying uh-oh <laughs> You can see it when you sat when you knew your butt meat first pr- pancake down on that seat and did a collar tug. Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. Mm-hmm. So now anyway. the escalators are on and the Zombombos are able to get up to the second floor. Oh, I didn't think right. That, 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 that's what. Oh, yeah, which becomes I a think, thing uh, right here. I'm guessing that's why because uh, Roger at some point says he barely saw barely any seconds. Of yeah, that's totally. I've been watching this movie for I 40 fucking this. years. I hate the zombie with the sweater vest who's looking all... He gets the bald guy who's all... Well, then, that's one thing I mentioned during the Night of the Living Dead uh, uh, podcast. This movie goes more on in with, like, here's this goofy zombie you'll see throughout the whole movie. There's nurse zombie. There's fat zombie. There's Hare Krishna zombie. Yeah, there's, like, specifically, like, half a dozen zombies you're going to see in almost every every zombie scene in this movie. And, yeah. Hey, Bill... 
I, I didn't actually click into the goof section, but the goof <laughs> that they use as a like oh, demonstration no. goof on IMDb. When the heroes are driving a car through the mall, there's a part where the zombie gets... Wait, that's not the one I saw earlier. Did they change it up? Hold on. I gotta find it. Hey, it's Go Halloween! Ahead. People, you know, are probably looking up the trivia shit for all these horror movies. They're probably editing them and stuff like that, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> there's the part where the guy slides down the... the escalator. Which they... on the commentary, they're like, you know how they put those hockey pucks? on those slides, so you can't do that anymore. They're like, oh, maybe it's because of this movie. Yeah, whatever. Never mind. There was just something where it was complaining. Oh, some God. Goof some is... goof was complaining about how the nurse was in the mall be when they should have cleared it out, but then she's back when the, the bikers come in. Yeah, I guess that's a point, alive. though, because if they, if they, they, all the zombies who are at the mall at the beginning should be gone but, for the rest like, of the movie after they've cleared out the mall. Unless they literally, like, shoved still living zombies out the door. Yeah, like, but who who give a but shit? But it didn't. It never occurred to me that that's the reason why the zombies are suddenly able to get up to the second floor, which becomes a plot point very soon, is mm -hmm. because they start up the escalators again. Yeah, you know? okay. which we do see, like, because the uh, zombies are on the escalators. We do like the fucking the, the 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 sweater vest guy that you're talking about is one of the zombies they show being hauled up to the second floor because he's standing on the escalator when they're powered up. Yeah. Okay. So, so Roger and Peter decide just to fight past the zombies, and you can just punch zombies in the face. They I guess? literally do that, and that makes like the corniest fucking Saturday morning cartoon punch sound when they do it too. And they're like having a good time. They're like laughing, and and they do the and old okie doke. I guess Stephen wants to follow them because he doesn't want what he's miss out. Stephen, oh, Flyboy guy, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Flyboy. He's just such a hanger on. He's, throughout this whole movie, yeah, he just kind of, yeah. What does he do? Does he? Oh no, he just ends up in the fucking, in the fucking boiler room, I guess, the control mm -hmm. room place. And yeah, he spends 20 minutes of the movie just in the dark, getting ricocheted at by his own bullet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the the two boys open a door, manage to get inside as Sears or whatever, as the blues attack them and. Mm -hmm. Francine doesn't want Steven to leave, but he's like, Hey, we can't leave those guys there, because I don't know why, Shrug. I'm a man, so I have to do something, or otherwise <gasps> I'm going to feel emasculated. A couple yeah. shots of 70s mannequins, and they were terrible to look at. Uh, especially when later on, when they start, like, Franny kind of dresses herself up to kind of look like one of those lady mannequins, and it's all like, Ugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they lead the zombies to the lower story of the store, the glass window at the entrance. Uh, which seems like a real poor design choice to keep people from breaking into your store, but whatever. I'm shocked <sighs> that the zombies can't get through that thin plane of glass, because those do yeah. those doors are not made for, for like, leaning against, you know? Yeah, so, um... So, uh... I could hear the family in the background, that's cool. Yeah, I'm a little distracted. I was, I was trying to listen to see what happened. But... You're trying to see what the status of the rest of the house is uh -huh. before you continue. Uh -huh. Yeah, if baby waking up is bad baby waking up, or... Well, not Baby. Well, he's he's, he's been awake for a while. So. Oh, okay. Uh, so um. <laughs> but yeah, no. So uh, Roger and uh, Roger and Peter just doing the old uh, yeah. okie doke where they're trying to track yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Was it, they're trying to track people back downstairs so they can? Oh, because they've loaded up a cart full, a yeah. wheelbarrow full of supplies, yeah. and it's easier for them to wheelbarrow that stuff back to the homestead if the upstairs yeah. is cleared out. And so there's yeah. And meanwhile, Steven's just shooting at shadows like a real dingus. <laughs> Fucking wasting all these bullets and just, yeah. He shoots like some 17-year-old college kid who's pretending to be a zombie security guard. Yeah, finally shoots that guy. 
well, he runs out of ammo and then he gets attacked while reloading, but the one bullet he managed to get reloaded. Get, oh, touche, yeah. You think, why would you reload in the dark? Why don't you go back into that secure, like, secure station room where it's lit and you can have an eye on what's going on around you? But... It's almost like people in zombie movies do dumb things. Yeah, not to say that I would do. I'd be. I mean, even aside from being big, fat, slow guy, even if I was fucking uh, a fucking athlete with like all the guns in the world, I would still be the first person to die in a real world zombie situation because I'm my decision making skills. I'd be too busy eating peanut butter and trying to <laughs> trying to protect all the Lego and Nintendo games. Um. So yeah. So go ahead. so uh, Stephen eventually catches back up with the other guys and then they get chased. And zombies mosey around. Well, there's a little thing about how, yeah, Stephen and Peter, they're trying to get back into the, the door that'll take them back up to the to the living quarters, but Stephen wants to go in there, and, like, Peter's like, no, don't go through that door, because if you do that, they're gonna know where we live. Oh, what's funny, because mm. they, they haven't even guaranteed, they haven't even come up with the idea that they're gonna live there yet, but he's, Peter still doesn't want to attract the zombies to wherever they're gonna be hiding out at upstairs for at least a little while. So, they do this whole thing about how they need to find another way into the living quarters, and I think this is eventually they end up going back to J.C. Penney's. They run through the store and they go up through the elevator, right? Yeah. 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 Which with the one zombie gets a screwdriver in the air and get the ear full of paint. And, uh... Supposedly, the zombie guy who did that stunt did that did have some poster paint in his ear for a couple weeks afterwards. Because yay! Because I mean, they just poured poster paint in the poor fucker's ear. Like there's yeah. there's no way to real cheat that stunt. But no. yeah. So they decide they can stay in that dairy mall. It's got all they need. Yeah. They can hang out in the heating ducts or something. I don't know. Well, Peter does give props to Flyboy for having figured out that, like, if they could crawl up through the elevator shaft and use the... Uh, yeah, I guess using the heating ducts to get around. Which, again, yeah, why not just use the back hallways? Yeah. Like, there's a reason why the ball's built that way, but instead they decide to go well, the alien's guessing... route. They're, they're hoping that the 70s people don't know how malls work yet. Cause I guess so, yeah. When were malls starting to be a thing in this I'm right around right? time. It was, yeah, late. I mean, the malls start really first started getting built in the 60s, but it wasn't until late 70s that most of the malls that we everyone knows these, you know, really started getting. I mean, like I said, this is the tipping point where you could kind of assume most people kind of knew what a shopping mall was, but you still felt obligated to explain it at the start of this movie, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Stevens also, he, when he was in the office, he also stole, like, a book of blueprints of the place. So they're making plans about, like, how they can move around the, the, the mall and stuff like that. So, they're also a zombie Harry Krishna starting to stalk Francine. And oh, God, this goes man, on for 20 minutes. I know Harry Krishna's haven't been a thing for a long time, but... Between this and there... Airplane... Or like the two big cinematic uh, Harry Krishna moments. I don't think I ever saw Harry Krishna in real life, but man, people sure like to make fun of them in the 80s. Really did. Like, uh -huh, look at these people. They're not Christians like us. They're yeah. bald and they dress in pajamas and aren't they stupid? It sure is a spooky, scary zombie, isn't it? It's a zombie who's like a fucking 15-year-old, 99-pound person. It just looks like it's tripping out of its balls. It, 
took yeah. some battles to year, so and it's slowly it's, not scary at all. it's just slowly just especially how we've seen how ineffectual the zombies can be one on one with the with the other guys it just makes everything that Franny's going through just seem even that much sadder where she's slowly keeps on trying also to build the all these barricades the, between herself these and these assholes Krishna. didn't leave her any weapon to defend herself with what the fuck are you I guys doing I do like she gets upset about that later she's like I'm not letting you guys leave again without leaving me a gun so yeah which actually now that they've got control of the mall they can they, 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 there's more guns to go around later so she could say stuff but like yeah there's a whole thing about she's about to get attacked because she's like dangling from the uh ladder that goes back up to the roof and and so it's not until the guys step in and they shoot uh uh no they no, don't, they shoot don't it because, because they they attract the zombies so they just beat they it just cave its head in yeah so but now Steven, yeah Stephen comforts her talking about all the oh we got so much great stuff oh it's so good as she looks at the camera like looking like is this real for real is he well he's like we got I know you almost died but hey we got some watches he's like I've got 16 copies of combat <laughs> uh, we forgot to actually get the Atari but we've got yeah. all these games here so we'll, we'll go back downstairs yeah, so later, they're all hanging out, listening to the TV and shit. And Watching this shit. now, it's funny because they're eating crackers, but with, like, I guess super expensive caviar. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's the only snacks they could think to, to grab on their first trip downstairs. And she, we learned she's a pregnant lady now. Cause she, uh -oh. He's like, oh, she looks sick. And he's like, hey, she's pregnant. Back off. Which, man, you could have just said, hey, she's dying. It's okay. She's pregnant. It's a human thing. Is that yeah. also the scene where Peter's like, let me give her abortion? I want to give him abortion so bad. <laughs> yeah, He's just like, of. I've been waiting for an excuse to give someone a homemade abortion all my hey, life. Hey, does she want to keep it? Because I know how to do it. <laughs> and it's funny, because then he grabs a steak knife and makes the stabbing motion up, up, like, up between someone's legs, and he's like licking terrible. his lips and looking all crazy about it. Yeah. So, some terrible-looking zombies stumble around the mall as the... A dork with an eye patch says how deadly they are. You're kind of not uh, making a good. Is this yeah. the only scene where the dork in the eye patch shows up on TV? No, he's in a he's he's on TV some other time too. It's great because he's a fat guy and he's all like he's all like voiced authoritatively. He's kind of like hey, if you only had one eye but you needed glasses, wouldn't you just wear a monocle? No, I'm not asking because I think I think I I feel like I this guy wearing glasses is about stupid. This. I was thinking about this and what you do to save money is you buy the pair of glasses, snap them in half, and mm. you just wear each one as they wear out. Mm. You, they last twice as long as buying a single monocle. Mm. I don't know how you would... I guess... <laughs> I'm trying to think how... You would just take, pop the lenses out and then wear it like a monocle, right? I'm sure, trying to think. Sure, we'll go with that. Okay. But yeah, so this guy, he's all like... I guess later on he's all like Orson Wellesian, like we must, we must be rational. Oh, and he's getting yelled at by everyone else in the studio and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's which it it's seems goofy. like quite a ways into this zombie apocalypse for people to still be like, oh, you can't be serious with the zombie stuff and the killing and the, the zombies and <sighs> yeah. Them. To be fair, I mean, not that this mm. movie is ever really taking itself seriously as, mm -hmm. like, you know, direct sequel to Night of the Living Dead. But to be fair, at this point in Night of the Living Dead on the radio, you had a guy, like, even explaining, like, there was one guy who's like, we can't even hold a funeral for our <laughs> yeah. dead? And the guy's like, no, they're gonna come back to life and eat you. At least in this movie, they've gone past that point, where it's like, okay, everyone does understand the dead are coming back to life. Now it's just a matter of how are we gonna end this? Yeah. But and that's when he, I think it's later on he's talking about like we should we should drop nukes and we should feed the 
dead people to the other dead and stuff like that. And everyone's like, oh my god, that's disgusting. And that's when he's all like, we must be rational. We must be rational. I forget what he says, but he's all like... And then that's the last broadcast, and it's super sad because they're still tuning in to see if there's any more broadcast things that have overtaken or something like that. Anyway, so Franny's all like... She preggers. And, oh yeah, and I think the guys get ready to do another excursion, because I think this is roughly when, when Peter's like... Hold on, I'll be right back. I'm going to close our garage and unlock the front door, because my toddler son decided he wanted to go on a long walk instead of just getting the mail, so... Oh, I don't want to leave the garage hanging open. should attend to that. It's going to be like 30 seconds. I'll be no, right that's back. fine. Yeah. So this is the part where... <laughs> I do want to, because I know they filmed this movie over the course of uh, Christmas, because they filmed this over the winter of 1977 into 1978, which actually would have been the first holiday season for the Atari. I know they had to take down... Well, no, they didn't film... They didn't even bother to film at the mall during December, because that's when all the Christmas ornaments w would be up, since so that's when they filmed all the stuff. Uh, that's not at the mall. Well, no, I guess also the set for the living quarters was actually uh, a set built at the, the, the latent image studio that uh, uh, George Romero and his buddies had downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, but... He's <laughs> returned. Okay, so kids, kids, kids not just wandering through the woods? No, no, no. It's not going to turn into a Blair they Witch were just gonna go get the They were just going to go get the mail, and so leaving yeah. the garage open is fine for that, like, 30-second trip, but he decided he wanted to take a walk, so... Oh, that's cute. I'm glad. I'm surprised he... Well, I guess he did take a nap. I'm surprised that's... Because, yeah, because that kid already went out to the pumpkin patch today, so he's got a lot of energy. Oh, you would not believe how much energy an almost three-year-old has. Oh, my God, yeah. He's a little man. He's not even a baby anymore. No, no, uh, no so, but yeah, this is essentially the part where Peter says, hey, we should think about actually, like, making this our permanent place. Like, this yeah. is a good place to weather out the storm. Yeah. And so lock they it, decide to clean up the rest simmies. of the mall and, and actually lock everything down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so they're gonna do it, and she's not coming, because she doesn't have any training. Unlike Steven, who's a real dingus? <laughs> well, he's got a penis, which obviously, obviously, as we've seen, makes him so much more competent than Franny for the rest of the film, yeah. Yeah, they're um, like, you stay here, Franny. You, got, I think you that's don't the have point. any training. And he's I think like, that is the, yeah, where she's like, you're not going to leave me without a gun this time, though. Yeah. yeah. And also, she wants to learn to fly the helicopter because Steven is going to die for sure. <laughs> I do like she's she is practical enough to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. She's like, she's like, what? It can only take like three, four hours to learn, right? <laughs> I've heard that flying a helicopter is surprisingly a bitch. So, yeah. yeah. I guess they had plenty of time, though. I mean, I guess they were there for months. As long as... I wonder... Did, did they... Were they just using the same tank? Of, I guess not, because, like, at the end, they talk about how they barely have any gas when they escape the ball at the end. So presumably oh, they, they weigh so much gas in this movie. <laughs> I wonder, could you use diesel from the tanker trucks? And, and bring that up and you, siphon that off and use that for the helicopter, I guess? Anyway. But anyway, so a fucking... Uh, Roger and fucking Peter decide that they're gonna use big BP trucks to seal off all the, 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 I think, three entryways to the mall. Yeah. And so, literally the next, like, three and a half hours of the movie is about <laughs> trucks. I forgot how much this, this movie's about trucks. While Steven follows them in the helicopter because they were like, hey... Let's get rid of some of the gas in the helicopter. You know what's going to make it even more fun when we have to escape someday? Why 
what if the helicopter barely has any fuel? So you should try to burn some of that off while just watching us do their thing. What's the fucking point of him you... flying around in the What? Seriously. That's what Flyboy was like. Okay, well then give me I the thought... walkie-talkie so I... I can at least be a useful eye in the sky for you guys. And you're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you have a walkie-talkie. We I thought you were going to gonna block everything up, then hop in the helicopter and fly back up to the roof, but no. <laughs> So yeah, that is, which is funny because they could have helped save Peter a little bit, or saved Roger a little bit here if, if they could have walkie-talkie directly. Because like fucking, there's half an hour of this movie, a flyboy in the helicopter going, Roger, Roger, look at your feet, Roger, Roger. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, fucking uh, 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 Roger and Peter, they go steal a couple trucks at a depot, yeah. that I guess it's like right they, next to the mall. They block one of the exit and Roger's like, well, you know... It says it's been established in this movie that zombies like loud noises, so I'm just gonna hoot and holler for a while. Also, why steal the next truck? Watching this movie again for the podcast, I guess this movie's insinuating that like Roger's the only one who's good at like hot wiring vehicles, because Peter needs him to hot wire the trucks, and later they need Peter to hot wire the car that they drive around, and so I guess that's why it's important. Because there's a whole thing about how Peter ends up leaving his 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 hot wiring bag in one of the trucks, has to go back and get it. That's when he gets bit. And I was like, why doesn't Peter just hot wire th- like like why does he have to go back for his bag? Well, I guess like that's especially stuff. But even before that, there's a cute little thing where Roger and Peter are making fun of each other for being tall and short on the on the CB radio, which I forget this movie came out right when CB radios were a quick fad. So I'm surprised they're not like playing like a fucking. CB trucker radio song over this or something like that. Um, yeah. Of course, actually, we forgot to mention how in this movie is like 99%. Pew! Oh, man. When the music isn't silly fun, it sure does suck ass. <laughs> it is, you know what? I love it just because you're not good. But the movie... <laughs> So I guess one of the things Dario Argento, when he was like financing the movies, he's like, I've got this fantastic band who could score the film. They're called Goblin, and all they do is fart on keyboards, and that's how they make their music. And it's the most 70s-ass sounding fucking... Just like... And it's all throughout, which is actually funny, because I think that this whole truck part is actually more scored by library music of like normal or like old or- orchestral sounding music rather than the, the, the zombie stuff but or gob- yeah. go- goblin stuff but so yeah there's just a whole lot of machinations of them just trying to get three trucks to block the entrances of the mall uh-huh so and so, yeah so they s- he's hot wiring a car leaving the ding dang door hanging open as he goes like mario constantly Woo-hoo! doing he's, a triple he jump. literally does a triple flip that's how he saves yep. himself being eaten by the zombies yeah yeah, so, uh, uh... I love you, Daniel. You wanted... That's why we <laughs> One... have a podcast, really, just for jokes like <laughs> then that. What the heck? There's a zombie attacking him out of nowhere, and he has to struggle till Peter gets there and shoots it in the top of the head, which sprays poster paint all over him, and he sits up, and the poster paint goes bling and vanishes. <laughs> I didn't think about that, because that is poster paint. That's not just gonna, like, evaporate, yeah. Oh, it does, though. Oh, God, <laughs> that's another up one of those things gone. if you freeze like, the... he's, He's touching his face, being like, oh, oh, oh no, oh no, it's because he got blood all over him. Yeah. But then he sits up and it gone. That's one of those things too, where if you really stop and look at the at the zombie woman that Peter's just blowing the brains out, it's obviously just Tom Savini in a wig. <laughs> like what? Yeah. No. And so what? A baby. Oh a baby. no. 
is, what are you it, talking about? Is it zombie baby? Are you a zombie baby? Yeah, I go. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. Can you say hi, Uncle Bill? Hi, Uncle Bill. Hey, Kid John. Kid John? I don't know if anyone can hear me, but like, yeah. No, oh, I got my headphones. I will in. speak through you, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you do? Did you go get pumpkins today? Yeah. Yeah, was it cool? Yeah. You saw lots of pumpkins? Did you wash a pumpkin? Yeah. Okay, you out of here? <laughs> that abruptly? Okay, let's go work on the pumpkin. <gasps> you gonna go carve a pumpkin? Yeah. Oh, cool, give me five. All right, Daddy will be done in a little bit, and then he'll come park with us, okay? Okay, Aww. okay bye, bud. We'll Have be done fun. with this. Yeah. I'll be down soon. Oh, so sad. Who? What other podcasts have exclusive interviews with John uh, Rudis? Mm -hmm. Only Very tired exclusive. of the party. Triple T to the P presents <laughs> an exclusive interview Let with you know how the three old child about The pumpkin situation in my house. No oh. other podcast got it. How many pumpkins did you get? Two. Yeah, I got two. Do you know what you're going to do with them? Yeah. yeah. This may be the first year I don't carve a pumpkin, because I usually only carve a pumpkin to put it on the front porch to tell kids that trick-or-treating, and I don't know if I'm going to do the candy thing, because I don't know if that's even... Yeah, anyway, but... Uh, although, I guess this is our last podcast before Halloween, so if I'm ever going to talk about it on the podcast, I guess it's time to talk about that shit. But... Okay, so... Anyway, so... Anyway, uh, but yeah... He swears at those zombies because it totally wasn't his fault. Oh, yeah, Roger's kind of losing his shit here. That's the thing, because that's why he, like, lost his bag and does all the shit, because he's kind of, like, yeah. he, he's, he's falling apart here at the, at the edges, yeah. Yeah, the zombies attacked him. It wasn't him basically doing Ernie's fish call in the boat <laughs> while leaving the door to the truck hanging wide open to the, the zombies guy. What is zombies Ernie's call? fish call? The, from the Sesame Street. Yeah, fishy, fishy, fishy. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Man, did you see that Lego set for the Sesame Street they just unveiled? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, no, they just that. unveiled that earlier this week. It's actually really relatively cheap. It's only, quote-unquote, like $120. But oh. it seems pretty cool. It's got a whole okay, bunch of Sesame Street characters. Oh, okay. Um, I think you do so. get to build uh, Bert and Ernie's gay bachelor pad. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, so, yes. Yeah. So... He yeah. says he we got this by the ass. And goes <laughs> Which is actually to one of my favorite lines, shit. yeah. And I guess that comes with the wispy 70s blonde hair as being a cocky asshole. by the ass. Yeah. So, uh... Oh, okay, so he actually does make off that one truck, so he gets out of that first yeah. situation okay. He runs over Tom Savini in a boiler suit and looks like Mario just got crushed. <laughs> um, they, yeah, so they... they, they park and swap the trucks blocking another entrance but oh man he left his bag in that one car and peter tells him to get his head on straight because it's not just his life he's messing with so i suppose they could have you know kited the zombies around the parking lot had them chase the truck until they were far enough away that they yeah. could have safely gotten the bag back or just used their giant truck to run over a bunch of zombies but how about we just kind of park kind of close to next to the other truck so you can climb out and get bitten a couple times by zombombos. Even if you just did a circuit around the, the parking lot and came back, it would have been mm -hmm. a much better situation. But yeah, no, instead he decides he's going to climb out. Uh, Franny, she's actually contributes for one. She's shooting some of the zombies that are trying to eat Roger's balls yeah. as he's trying to like fucking tap dance from one, from one truck cabin to the other. Um, and... Oh God, what the fuck? Is it? Like, Roger's just, like, fucking dicking around, and he gets mm -hmm. bited. He gets bited? Yeah, one guy just chomp. Well, one, there's one, okay, there's one zombie that bites into his arm. There's another one that bites into his leg. The yeah. one that bites his arm, I think, is the one that makes it, like, the still photo that you sent me. It makes it look like he's giving Roger tender, <laughs> tender uh, poster <laughs> pink pieces. 
Yeah. And he screams, and he's collected by Peter, and he's like, Smooth move, we got a lot to lax. do before you lose me. Uh-huh. Yeah. They get back inside and get them all bandaged up. So, they Where's go and get guns idiot? and... Guns and ammo at the ammo shop. Lots of them living out <laughs> the boomer fantasy of playing cowboys and Indians. And there's, like, this fucking Ooga Booga soundtrack going on of, like, yeah, lions and tigers I, and, like, what I the... I think that's supposed to be, like, the cowboys and Indians thing. Because I think that's <laughs> supposed to be, like, a, a war chant or some shit. I remember as a kid, Americans. I'm like, what the fuck is this going on in this part of the movie? And it is great, because, like, yeah, uh, fucking Flyboy and Peter just t totally... They get, like, all the guns that, like, well, especially Peter gets, like, he gets a whole, like, pocket full of, like, derringers and shit like that, and they've got, like, oh, that's, one of my other favorite lines is, uh, when Peter gets, like, a sniper rifle, and he's like, the only sucker who could miss with this is the fool who's got the bread to buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is great. But yeah, this is, they all, they're all bandoliered up and everything like that. They get all the guns, like, even, like, fucking, like, Civil War revolvers and shit. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's part of the fantasy, though, is like, you know, you got access to the mall, you got access to everything. Although guns, gun stores and malls, in my in my experience, have not really been so much of a thing. I know they filmed, uh, this, this gun shop was not at the mall, this is a gun shop downtown Pittsburgh that they just edited to look like as part of the mall. Mm. Yeah, which, although, so. I mean, if you're making a zombie movie at the mall, of course part of the thing is going to be, there's going to be gun stop, gun shop at the mall to, like, you know, they go back to steers, Sears with old Wheelbarrow Roger now. And... <laughs> this is his house for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. He lives at that little lime green wheelbarrow. Which is funny that they give him a gun. And you don't get to see him use it often. But there's a little bit where Peter's pull pushing him. And like Roger's just shooting from the wheelbarrow. He's got like this big magnum. It's actually pretty great. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and so... I forgot. There's one like brick joke zombie. Uh, when the guys first uh, entered the mall... Uh, when they were trying to get through Sears, uh, there's a zombie in a blue shirt that kind of looks like uh, Bruce Campbell from The Evil Dead, who took um, Roger's M16. And so he spends the whole... You kind of see him in the background for the rest of the movie, just like walking around <laughs> with the M16 gun in I his hand. I saw a photo on IMDb of that motherfucker, and like his face is blue, but they did not do his eyes at all. Like, he was like, everywhere but the eyes. Don't put them on my eyes. I don't want... I want to look like a zombie who was sunbathing with a lot of yeah. uh, eyeglasses, uh, yeah, mask on, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but then he becomes... A th I'll point that out later, because that's one of my favorite gags at the end of the movie, too. So... so uh. After leading all the zombies to the door, they decide now's a good time to try to get a car to block other doors and shit, so... And also make the guy guy with the bum leg get in it. That's a good times. Yeah, so this is the part where I was like, watching this again, I, it didn't really occur to me, why, like, why not leave Roger upstairs for any of this? And yeah. like, yeah, so I guess he's the only one who can hotwire, even though like they don't come up with the idea to hotwire the car until they're halfway in the middle of this stuff. But yeah, they throw him into the car, he climbs up to the front. And it's well, he sucks. gets that. Some zombie says, "I want to give you a massage first and <laughs> tries to tries to rub his calf, but it doesn't this play out. Job maybe the most grotesque thing in the movie that happens is when that lady digs her fingers into his wound and it pops like a poster paint filled zit. It's just <laughs> so like, ah, oh, that's worse than the actual zombie initial zombie bite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the and... Dingus, Dingus Brigade get in the car and start driving around as Francis L Francine lets a nun out of a door. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the kind of movie slows down a little bit for her to, like, Francine's kind of, like, just, like, watching the zombie nun yeah. just kind of, like, fart around. And there's a guy they... with a pit Karen shirt. 
They lock the main entrance as some real dork ass music plays. <laughs> I don't even, I don't have this. I gotta listen to this. What's. <laughs> so, uh, they drive to another entrance, just shooting wildly and. Okay. Getting oh, everything Roger's locked got like a up, little. And then they're gonna go on a hunt. Okay. What are they hunting for? The Zombombos. Oh, that's right. This is when they just decide to clear. And which is funny because the actual clearing out of the zombies thing is not that much of a montage compared to even just like this car thing. Where yeah. they're just running around, not even running over a zombie, which actually to be, this is, I guess they could only get away with this because George Romero knew the people who owned the mall. Because even if they were just renting, who the fuck is going to let you drive a fucking car? I mean, I guess it gets even crazier with the biker gang later. But like, the fact that they've got a fucking car with a dude with like a homemade flamethrower in the back, like racing at full speed through this fucking mall is fucking ridiculous. But that, yeah, that's when they decide, I guess, like, almost largely off-camera, Peter and Flyboy just, I guess, wipe out the rest of the zombies, because uh, it pretty much just cuts to them uh, yeah. overlooking all these dead zombies all over the place, and the place is suddenly yeah, now some, completely quiet, yeah. Some person say, you know, people don't like to see zombies get murdered, we should do that off-screen. Which, to be fair, this movie's already two hours, like, if they had done that, yeah, which you think would yeah. be half the fun of the movie... The movie would have been, like, you know, an extra half hour long, but... Yeah. Yeah. Some real stupid-looking zombies in this mall, so, uh... <laughs> later, Roger says they should put up a fake wall so nobody will know the stairway even exists if they show up. And, Especially and if looters show up, yeah. Yeah. Which, hey, turns out to be and prophetic. Also, they could have survived if, if Flyboy yeah. hadn't been a fucking dickhead at the end so, of the movie. So, uh... Roger's sick now. He's all yelling about how we whipped him real good, didn't we, champ? It's the most cartoony, like, we're, we're gonna fly. Who's, who's, who's the kid? Uh, is it a kid with Mendoza in the cartoon with the Rainier Wolf Castle? No, that's, not, no, no, that's McGonagall. Is it McGonagall? Yeah. Who's the guy? Oh no, it's there's the black guy who's like, I've got well, I've got the boat that I'm gonna live thing. forever. It's yeah. that kind of acting where he's like, We whipped him right, we whipped him good. I mean granted he's all feverish and sick, you know, sick from the zombie bite, but it's the most like I'm dead and I'm gonna be dying soon kind of acting where he's just yelling and screaming at people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Later they build the the, the the fake wall and Francine is vomiting because, probably because they've been eating nothing but spam from those packages. <laughs> oh, fucking pickles and shit. We're yeah. going to get to that in just a second, too. But, like, yeah. They got lots of rotten bodies in there, right there mall, so they got to clean them up. understand this. Especially if you're planning to live here for a long time. I guess maybe... Nah, just stuff them in a walk-in freezer. That's all you got to do. Why not just throw them out the windows? Nah. Why in the wall? Why stick them right next to your food? Also, there's way more bodies in that mall, yeah, judging can, than that would have fit in. They had to use every single walk-in freezer in this place, if that's the case. In the movie, though, you get to see, there's like one shot of one walk-in freezer with like three bodies in it, and that's it. And they're like, well, we're done. And they're like, I don't know yeah. if that's the way it would have worked. But. They also grab money from a bank and then go well, on a shopping this, spree. Wee, this, is the, this is the most whimsical fantasy part of this movie, where it's like, yay, we have control of the mall. So now we can, it is kind of funny, because like now, like, also, uh, they, 
They did a real good job cleaning them all up because there's no like body parts or blood or anything. No, they anywhere. actually got like on their hands and knees like Windex. The, like they actually not just quote unquote cleaned up them all, but they actually made it sparkle. Like there's yeah. almost cartoon sound effects. I do like like even Peter is now out of his combat fatigues and now he's just kind of dressed as normal guys. They all decide to go all fucking supermarket sweeps and like mm -hmm. just indulge in the stupidest shit. Like Peter's put or fucking Rogers putting on hats. He's eating yeah. olives. They're getting candy. Drinking olive juice. <laughs> Drinking? That's what I want as a kid. I think that may have been, because I love pickle juice. Mm. That may have been the first time as a kid I was like, what if you just don't eat the pickles? But drink that to pickle juice. Oh, then I was just, like, oh. you know what? I'd be a total va People bled pickle juice. I would be totally a vampire. Mm. Um, there's a couple great moments in this side that always sticks in my memory. One is, I th I don't know what the hell's going on, but like over the music, there's a, a lady who says, we're gonna have a free bag of candy. If you if spend more than five dollars, you gotta get candy. This lady with the super thick Pittsburgh accent is just like, you free bag of candy. It just fucking cracks me up. Uh, the fucking, there's a bit where Peter, oh, like, no, Flyboy Steve, whatever his name is, he has a loaf of bread. And Peter's like, no, I got a super loaf of bread. And then he laughs like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um, there's a part where he does this thing because he does honk laugh like Eddie Murphy. It's exactly thing. I love the bit where they go to the arcade and uh, fucking Roger's playing like some fucking Atari fucking driving game. And he crashes and he like gets stupid for a second where he's all like, what's all this blood? Blood. He makes this face like he does like almost like he's already almost become a zombie. He doesn't understand what's happening. But it is a great look at all these preset like pre-80s like arcade stuff because like even the... Uh, the 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 uh, racing game that uh, that Roger is playing is not like a digital game. It's like a film reel game with like a superimposed car and stuff. And someone's playing the old Atari Star Trek game. And yeah, as as a game nerd, of course, all that stuff kind of cracked me up. I wish there was hey. more stuff in the arcade. What are you gonna do? Roger's looking real good for turning into Zombombo slowly. For, and someone who's going to be dead in literally like six hours after this scene happens, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's one little shot. It's the big kind of centerpiece of the movie where, the, like, after the big fun shopping montage, everyone's in, like, uh, fur coats and they're out overlooking. They're in front of the JCPenney's overlooking the ice rink. And they're like, oh, we've done such a good job cleaning up the place. And then Peter's like, my granddad he used to be a priest in Trinidad. He said... When all the when hell is full of dead people, the, the dead will walk the earth, or whatever the fuck he says. I should know that because it's the, like the fucking practically the fucking uh, tag, tag for the whole tagline for the whole movie. But yeah, and um, yeah, that's the okay. End of the so movie. I was wrong. Roger ain't looking so hot anymore. He looks like he got a hair implant from Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> he does got the hair. The sheaf of corn hair. The corn silk balding man hair. That is such a specific thing. It drives me nuts that no one talks about this until this podcast. God damn. Yeah, okay. He said when he go, he ain't gonna, he's gonna try to not come back. That is, as a kid, that struck me as a fucked up, scary, sad scene. The mm. fact that he's like, because he is resigned to the fact that he's going to die. Well, yeah, now they're back in the living quarters. He's mm. got his own little shitty I'm going to die hovel where it's filled with <laughs> snacks and medicine. Yeah, no, and like, no box spring, just the mattress on the floor. Yeah. And yeah, and he's like, yeah, I'll, like, you got to promise me you're going to shoot me if I try to come back. But I'm going to try my best not to come back, not to come mm. back. 
And it's funny, because then you'd think there would be a scene where the, he dies, but no. There's just a quick little montage when they said, not even a montage, but suddenly, okay, fat guy with one eye is back on TV screaming at everyone. Mm -hmm. And while uh, fucking Flyboy and Francine are watching that, I guess, I guess Roger has already died. Because his corpse is just sitting in this mattress with a blanket thrown over him. Yep. And Peter's just sitting there with, like, a revolver in one hand and a bottle of Jack Daniels in the other. It's just waiting for him to wake back up after being dead. And that's exactly what happens. He's so wrinkly. <laughs> he looks like he's just turned into, like, a little old golden girl. Very confused about the fact he's a wrinkly old golden girl. It is great because in the in the commentary, uh, George Romero's awful wife is all like, Tom, why did you make him white? That is such a weird decision. And then Tom's is like, I didn't mean to make him white. Like I said, I tried to make him like zombie colored, but he just like, it's not my fault. And then fucking Peter shoots him and mm -hmm. yeah, it's, 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 it's a sad scene. Well, and also like, it's funny cause like all the VHS boxes I ever saw of Dawn of the Dead as a kid always had like Peter's dead zombie face on the back. Like, well, Very that's kind scary. Of a dead giveaway. It was yeah. always I was actually it was like on the back. It was always pictures of, of both the two main characters who die in the movie, Peter and Flyboy. At least like, Flyboy is his contorting his face enough you can't really tell. And he's also green. He's a different color, yeah. so it's a little bit. But obviously, Peter. It's just Peter making a face look like he's taking like a super shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, so and then I do like editing him. though. The mm. editing is nice because, like, it, it's, it's it's everyone yelling on the TV mixed with, like, Peter shooting Roger, and it's all kind of sad and ends kind of, like, in a, in a sad, depressing kind of way. But, yeah, <laughs> it turns out the buried Roger in, like, a planter in the middle of the mall, which I guess what else are you going to do? Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and then it shows that, like, I guess that's over. No no real... Well, I guess, I guess Peter does pour one out for Roger in a little bit. Yeah, but it moves straight into uh, fucking um, the one guy who can't shoot in the movie is now teaching his wife how to shoot, which is kind of funny now that I think about it. Mm. Well, oh, uh, and the one the black guy in the movie. What? The one black guy in the movie ends up being stuck serving this two fucking oh, white people yeah. at a restaurant. <laughs> and yeah, that's even to me as Cooking a kid, thing. I was like, that's a little. I know that you know that it's it's, it's more accidental than anything else. But. Then he leaves to go hang out with his dead friend. As Stephen Francine gives Francine a ring, and she's like, "No, no, it wouldn't be real right now." So, and Stephen, well, that made dinner awkward, but Stephen not as awkward as that post. Finger. Yeah, go ahead. That post bedroom scene where they're both just sitting at bed, and he looks like he wasn't able to get it up, and she's upset about it. Yeah, and they're naked. So one time you get to see any kind of nudity in the film. Mm. Uh, which is funny because I know the the some of the early advertising campaigns for this because it got slapped with an X rating. They had to say this is X rated, but it's not for nudity. It's just for violence. No, it's no, that no. badass. <laughs> so yeah. So and which although I did forget there is tits in this movie though. So uh, a little, little bit of boy. It. Um, so just, I did. They I just, do. Hmm? I I do appreciate how. You were talking about how none of these people are really friends with each other, but Peter does go out of his way to, like, act as a maitre d' for this romantic dinner where he's going to propose to Fran. I yeah. did like that, though. That yeah, is no, cool. Yeah, that's fine. They just don't, like... But they're still not friends, though. They're friendly they don't, with each other, but yeah. They might be friends, but the movie doesn't do a good job of saying Which that I, they are. I think... I, I kind of like the idea that they're not actually friends. I like the fact mm. that, like, they're, they're still... They're, they're in close quarters, but they're not, like... You know, they wouldn't be hanging out with each other if it weren't for the zombie apocalypse. They're not antagonistic mm. towards each other, but they're just not those personality types. Which is mm. fine. And then, yeah, then, then Peter does go off and literally pours a one-off for a 
for fucking, uh, for, uh, Roger. And, uh, then one last little thing before the, the, the calm before the storm is, uh, I always thought it was a weird little montage of, of Peter, not even a montage or whatever. Uh, Peter's just playing tennis by himself on the roof. Mm-hmm. And I guess one, one last little showing about how they're just kind of being wasteful at the mall is that, like, he when he's done, he just knocks over a whole giant pile of tennis balls, and one tennis ball flies off the roof and bounces down and kind of just to reiterate, like, oh, yeah, no, there's still a zombie apocalypse outside. There's still no Here's the zombies. one rotting corpse we have in the movie. <laughs> the one, which is funny, because that's how Day of Dead Dead starts with a whole bunch of rotting corpses. This is the one actual rotting corpse we get in this movie. So. Oh, time uh, oh, this is, I think this is the bit where you, the fat guy, his belly bounces right off the glass window of, of the glass door of the mall, which always cracks me up. That's one of my favorite shots in the movie. But anyway, go ahead. Time passes. She moves further along in her pregnancy. You can tell because now when she gets up, she holds her back. Uh, <laughs> the international side of pregnancy, yeah. Zombies, who I guess have stopped rotting, uh, just keep on trying to get that's, into that mall. It's a problem with any long-term zombie situation. Is like, you know, at a certain point, they're just not going to be able to move like because they're just, you know, they're decomposing. There's, there's a scene where she gets her hands on Homer's makeup shotgun and blasts herself in the face. <laughs> They just go on living their lives. I do like shit. Well, they, well, they got the the, 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 the made-up zombie dummy next to her head just to kind of drive home the point that she's trying to make herself look like one of these mannequins. And she, like, twirls her gun around and makes these kissy faces at the at the mirror, which I always thought was kind of funny. And yeah. yeah, They just go on living their lives, doing shit in ugly, uncomfortable 70s chairs while watching TV for any update. <sighs> yeah, that shit the... does look fundamentally uncomfortable. The stress is getting to them. There's a battle of turning on the TV and turning off the TV because there hasn't been a news report in three days, but it might come back. Three days doesn't like, sound like that long of a time. What have we done to ourselves? <laughs> she Which learns... is such a weird, random, like, yeah. She learns how to fly cry. the helicopter. Yay! But, well, oh, and, no! What? Well, they also got other way to show uh, Steve Flyboy. He does pack up the little luggage compartment with ammo and food. Hmm. So at least, even though it doesn't like you know, be a part of the ending, at least you know they have at least a little bit of supplies when hmm. they fly away at the end. So. Oh no, there are some real mustachioed losers watching them waste gas flying around. These child pornographers are in the hills overlooking (laughs) the mall. Yeah. It's uh... And then after radioing them a warning later in the day, they're gonna attack the mall with the biker gang. Yeah. What are they doing? What's that? What's the biker gang's goal? What are they doing? I'm, I'm sorry, you're breaking up there. All I heard was biker gang and then robot sounds. What are they doing? What's their goal? Oh, the biker gang. I guess they're professional army. They've been living on the road throughout this whole thing, I guess. Uh, they see yeah. the helicopter and are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I but, do like... But they could... All the all the bikers couldn't fit in the hill at the top. Because it's a daylight shot, they don't show the rest of the biker gang because you can see just what a ragtag bunch of losers these guys are. It's only what? at nighttime you kind of see them driving through the dark that it's like, oh, it's actually a, like a large group of people. Uh, but yeah, they I guess. They the wig spear from The Simpsons. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, I guess later on that evening, uh, the f- guy with a fucking Nazi helmet decides he's going to radio in to uh, our heroes and kind of like extend an olive branch of, hey, you let us in. There's not really anything else. He just says, hey, let us in or we're going to fuck you up. And they Mm -hmm. and Peter says we can't respond. And so then they're like, "Okay, fine. Fuck it. You asked for it. We're going to come in there and fuck you up. And so, yeah, then we see that they're yeah. If only they had some sort of room that they had hidden the entrance of that they could hide in. 
Well, presumably that's what Peter's plan would have been, because he's all like, well, they do grab the guns and go downstairs. But yeah, they want to close some stuff up. Why? Why even why. do that? Because, yeah, because you think the whole point of them holding up and like even the even fucking Peter's whole thing, his 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 contingency plan was we'll just hole up here and we'll like board up board over the door. So like mm -hmm. if anyone comes, they won't even know we're here. So we don't have to stick our neck out. We just let, you know, let, let, I mean, sure, they'll fuck up the mall again and let all the zombies in. But at least, you know, we're protected up here. And Are you I guess get into helicopter and fly away. The, the one reason for going down there and shooting at these guys would be if you wanted to keep them away from the helicopter. Mm -hmm. But then again, if you're a bunch of fucking random jagoff biker dudes, you're probably this. It's probably just a smash and grab situation, unless they're planning to live in the mall too. That becomes another problem. But if you're just if you're just assuming these guys are just gonna grab stuff and run, yeah, then and like they're probably not gonna try to get at that whirly bird. Cause like, what are all these bikers gonna do with a helicopter? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's a. I mean, not that it really matters because the plot movie never uh, moves in that plot direction, but. So yeah, but so yeah, for decide, some reason, Peter and Flyboy... Well, not, it's not, we're gonna make it so it's not easy for them. Yeah, not easy for, well, what are you gonna do? And Just also, wouldn't, do it the make, thing. Yeah. wouldn't it make more sense to take all your ammos and guns up to the roof and shoot at them as they're approaching? Exactly, but no, we're gonna go distance. down in the mall. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, well, then even to, because even Peter Lower points out, like, as soon as... Gates. As soon as they Whatever. open the doors, they're just gonna let all the zombies back in, so they're gonna end up spending their whole time fighting the zombies rather than them, which is even more justification for why are they even going down there to stay upstairs, but no. They decide mm -hmm. they've gotta hang out and watch. They should I guess this is before security cameras are a big thing, because I was gonna say, otherwise they can just watch what's happening on the security cameras. They wouldn't even have to go downstairs. Bikers anyway. break in, rob stores, zombies stagger around, be like, and yeah. there's a pie fight with seltzer bottles and everything. It is the most, like, Fucking got goofy cornball music plays. Yeah. Ooh, heavens to Betsy. It's all very silly. Um, I guess there Steven was a mall Santa. An mm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go. No, I was just gonna, there, there was really originally going to be a mall Santa played by George Romero that was going to be running around, but they cut that out because they thought that was too silly for some whatever reason. Mm. But like, I love that even the zombies are like stealing wallets and 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 rings and shit off of the fucking zombies? So they even just how, like, uh, ineffectual the zombies are here that the zombies are just like, yeah, it's, it's... I do appreciate this movie not worrying about not taking the zombies seriously. Like, they, they decided to... Yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, it's... It, I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, Steven isn't answering his radio. He's too busy he being a real idiot shooting at the bikers it. so they know where he is. I can't believe he actually even hits anyone, because that should have been the brick joke, is that he should have been firing but missing every shot. Roger uh, rightly says, they're after the place, they don't care about us. Yeah, which, why, yeah. again, why are they down there even trying to protect the place then? And it was just, yeah. There is one funny bit where I do like uh, the, the, the bikers... Uh, one of them try like grabs like a t-shirt with a tie and even he realized like okay the, why do I need this and he throws that back down um, There's a fat guy who he's gonna steal a TV and their guys like well, what are you gonna watch on that thing? And so he just grabs a sledgehammer and smashes it mm -hmm. That's fucking there's uh, okay. So yeah, Tony Booba. He decides he's gonna get his fucking uh <laughs> His blood pressure red for some reason. Fucking stupid, man. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know that it, the sole reason was because they saw a blood pressure machine in there and were like, we gotta use that. Yeah. 
Just, I that's mean, I, that's really what the tone of the movie was like. Like, how many gags can we make out of this? They could have just stuck a severed arm in there and had a zombie munching on it at some point. Yeah. Uh, there's one there part is where... a shocking, you know, aside from the beginning and like this very end part, there's a shocking lack of half-eaten or bean-eaten people in this movie. There's, I guess there's only one guy who you get to see his guts torn out. Yeah. Like, while he's alive, which becomes a much, there's, they, they do that, like, to a much bigger degree in, uh, Day of the Dead, where the main villain gets fucked up like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even that, that's probably the most, like, centerpiece, like, zombie, like, guts-eating, uh, thing in the movie, but even then, actually, compared to the whole thing, because in, in Night of the Living Dead, when all the zombies are feasting on the barbecued remains of the two dipshits in the truck, that's probably even more extensive than anything you see in this movie, in terms of, like, zombies eating people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just general just mayhem stuff going on, and yeah, Roger mm -hmm. is just completely incommunicado while fucking everyone's going around doing stuff. Tom Savini's like running around, uh, macheting like, people. Yeah, macheting a guy in the head, which becomes the super famous image that was in all the zombie making of horror movie books when I read Every it as a single. Kid lock is able to be opened just by shooting it yeah there's like a guy with a little lord Fauntleroy haircut like yeah like machine gunning all the doors open and fucking tony boop has got him fucking machine gun he's bl fucking blowing everything apart and just roger doesn't follow yeah. his own advice and just shoots at the bikers just because and yeah the power goes out but when it comes back on a couple of uh random bikers happen to look in the elevator steven was hiding in because he climbed up. That's above. the thing, because I guess he decided he was going to try to climb back when the... when the He, he was, he was going to ride the elevator upstairs. Mm -hmm. uh, no, no, no. He was probably only in the elevator to get up on top of the escalator. Uh, on top of the elevator to get into the uh, duct system so he could crawl back home. Mm -hmm. But when the power went out... But yeah, that, that's when the, the, the bikers come in. They see uh, Flyboy... Uh, they actually start shooting at him. One of them, he actually, his acting when he gets winged in the arm is actually really good. Because yeah. he does this whole, like, oh, he really sells the pain of getting shot in the arm. It's not lethal, even though poster paint sprays everywhere. Yeah. But he's all fucked up. And, yep. yeah, the worst possible time for him to get fucked fucked up during, the like, the power outage, and it's suddenly coming back on. So he's, yeah, he's, he's fate's a bitch right there. Mm -hmm. um, Tom Savini fights some Zombombos and sees Roger in a vent and he's gonna shoot him, but Roger shoots him first and he says, ah, and falls off a railing into some water. But not before having a quick encounter with Peter, where Peter, he jumps up into, the, into, the, into a crawl space. And oh, yeah. then, like, the one of, maybe the stupidest line in any George Romero movie, but totally an ad lib. Fucking Tom Savini says, I see you. Chocolate man, <laughs> and he like stabs at the at the at the at the at the the grill with his fucking pirate sword. So yeah. fucking stupid. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I love Tom uh, Savini. God damn. Bikers try to escape as Roger shoots at them from above. He's he manages to snipe. So the bike is driving away from him. Yeah, this is a good snipes, shot. He snipes at a guy in a sidecar, and instead of falling backwards, that guy flies <laughs> towards the bullet that just hit him in a somersault motion. Yeah, or it, it, to even be more accurate about it, he suddenly turns into Tom Savini for a moment, mm. flying towards the bullet, and when he lands, now he's the pretty boy biker. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then even on top of that, pretty boy biker may have survived if he'd actually shot at the zombies rather than the empty <laughs> space where the camera is, and while completely ignoring the zombies behind him, which, yeah. you know, of course that's a movie, just affectation, but like, of another, course he just gets devoured, but yeah. Another guy really wanted to use the blood pressure machine, so I can <laughs> yeah. let you know, just by looking at you without checking that thing my dude you have high blood pressure hypertension ahoy he I gets know. eaten 
When you're living on the road in a pirate biker gang, you're going to be eating a lot of canned foods, a lot of sodium. <laughs> you know, he can't help it. He's a little yeah. Mexican guy. Yeah. Uh, well, he's more like an Italian guy named Tony Boob, pretending to be a yeah. Mexican guy. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, his, this is... His nickname was Salt Lake Steve, so... <laughs> God, how did I not have a heart attack when I was five when I was still eating rock salt while waiting for the bus? It's a mystery! It's a mystery, so... Yeah, this and is when things really just turn bad general for all the... Yeah, you get the one guy gets torn apart by the zombies. Uh, oh, Flyboy, he's still trying to climb out of the, the elevator, even though he's he's gotten shot in the arm. But there's hey, a... These... Yeah? Oh, no, go ahead, finish your thought. No, there's the great shot where the elevator doors open, though, as he's trying to climb out of the elevator. And, like, the doors open and the zombies just come pouring in, which that's another image I saw, like, what was on TV shirts and shit as a kid. Mm -hmm. And he just gets fucking... What? You think he would actually get devoured? But then we see him a little bit later, and it seems like he's just been munched on a little bit. A little <laughs> Enough bit. to kill him. He gets turned into a zombie, but you think he'd be more, like, actually half-eaten and not just, like, slightly nibbled. But yeah. anyway, with the last we see is, uh, of Flyboy right here, he's just wrestling. I, I, he pulls out a gun. Instead of using it to shoot himself, he starts shoot, trying to shoot all the other zombies and waste all of his bullets, I guess. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, these bikers suck ass. How did they survive this long? <laughs> I guess maybe they didn't anticipate any kind of armed resistance from anyone in the mall. So, yeah, well, th no, they start running away. One guy sits down surrounded by zombies to test his blood pressure. That's not a man that would have survived a zombie apocalypse. I mean, there's a reason why they're bikers. For months? Not, like, college professors i guess mm -hmm. uh, but yeah things are kind of like this uh, this biker gang is running away uh peter he can he can hear uh i guess he can hear flyboy screaming in the elevator and he's kind of contemplating running back to go help flyboy but then he says fine fuck it he's torn between that and like heading back home but then he does finally decide to run back home mm -hmm. um what happens next yeah he yeah. goes back well, roger hears those cries and he says maybe we should have just stayed in our hidden on our specifically made for to be hidden room that was made for this specific situation mm -hmm. like yeah uh Fra or so i guess franny's like franny's all like yeah let's get we gotta get in the helicopter and get the hell out of here Peter's waiting for, uh, uh for, When um, even the, the lady that's supposed to love the dude that they're waiting for is like, hey, let's jet. Yeah. You probably go. Which I did, I thought that was actually kind of nice, but Peter's like, no, I want to wait to see if Roger comes back. I guess he feels, or not Roger, uh, Flyboy. He's waiting for Flyboy to, I guess he feels responsible for Flyboy, even though Flyboy fucked everything up for them to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're waiting and suddenly they hear scratching downstairs and he realizes... Well, he doesn't see what we've seen as the audience, but man, fucking when that fucking elevator door opens and fucking Flyboy comes out, he's fucking king of the zombies. He's all fucking covered in blood. He's got the gun dangling from his finger. Motherfucker actor is walking on his heel or walking yeah. on his, uh, no, what, what is that called? Your heel, your ankle. He's walking on his ankle in the most uncomfortable fucking way possible. Uh, also, uh, I guess becoming uh, a zombie also meant his teeth got blacked out a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> he's got some theater makeup on his teeth now. Uh, but yeah, he is he's actually the one zombie in the movie that's actually zombie colored. Uh, yeah, th there's a nice little bit of makeup on his neck where they kind of made it look like his, like this flesh of his neck's been punctured. That's mm. a nice little dimensionality. But because he remembers where the home door is, he comes, he leads all the rest of the zombies back to the covered up door. He scratches through their facade, and that is what lets all the other zombies, including Nurse Zombie, your hated sweater vest zombie, and the Bruce mm -hmm. Campbell zombie with Roger's gun, 
are all leading the charge upstairs to the to the to home base. And yeah. Yeah. silly music plays as zombies walk around the mall now, spilling shit, just generally being fuck ups. There's one shot of a zombie stepping on a bottle of like, like portable shampoo. Mm-hmm. That the way it squirts out to me, it was always like really. That's uh, one of my most like haunting memories from this movie. For this. Like, so no, it's such a waste of that shampoo. Something so visceral about that, like the, all the goo oozing out of that shampoo bottle, and like I could almost like smell it. Just I don't know why. That's hey, it's... for the months they've been in that place, they did a real shit job of s- s- uh, securing the room that they're staying in. They were like, let's put up one <laughs> piece thought... of plywood, and we'll call it good. It's not like there was a hard and worse store where they could have put no more locks No backups or anything. <laughs> you know what? If I were to go back and do a special edition of this movie, I wouldn't change or add any scenes except I would I would literally suggest that they don't have access to a toilet so there's this giant Jurassic pile shit pile in the corner <laughs> that they're just ad- adding to for the last six months. Nice. Oh, man. Maybe there's a little makeshift toilet on stilts that's just like... like like a fucking four by four with a butthole cut out that they've been shitting on top of, but anyway. But yeah, so uh, Franny and Peter are about to leave when suddenly, uh, yeah, Flyboy comes stumbling in. Yeah, yeah and, and 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 well, he Peter... tells her to get out of there after blowing him away. He doesn't want to go. He really doesn't. He wants to stay in the mall. It's pretty cool. Which this is supposed to be how the movie ends. So the original ending was, uh, yeah, Peter was supposed to shoot himself in the head with a derringer while Franny. Uh, she got up to the elevator, uh, well, not what's it called, what's it called when the airplane flies, but it's actually more like a bird, a whirly bird, uh, Nailed helicopter. It. She sticks yeah. her head in the blades of the helicopter and kills herself, and I don't know how, if they had done that, would it just smash cut to black, or would it be back to the gunk? Like, I don't, I don't know. know how, but they, like, I guess during the making of the movie, they were like, okay, this, we've made this movie goofy enough, it can't be that depressing of an end, and so, uh, like, on the fly... They pretty much, I guess they staged it all exactly how the ending was supposed to be all the way up until Peter just magically decides he's not going to shoot himself in the head. He shoots another black guy in the head, a zombie guy. And then suddenly there's like fucking terrible John Wayne music that kicks in. Oh, so the, I missed my note on it. There's a point in this. Yeah. There, actually, there's a couple point in it where it sounds like the fucking music from Sesame Street where the little girl <laughs> stares at a crayon and it goes to the crayon like uh I don't know shop you'll have to no. send me a YouTube video of that cuz I'll have to rip the it's, audio from that and put it, it in it'd be from your era of Sesame Street Oh that's yeah yeah cuz I'm assuming it's oh, but that's what this, the music here sounds cuz that's totally it's not zombie or it's it's not goblin it is the most dun, 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 dun. like it's totally like John Wayne Super Bowl music it is the best like oh my god it is uh it is choice fucking cornball shit and it's funny because it's just a very short clip of music that accompanies Peter like running up to the roof and then suddenly he runs out from the top of the roof and the music loop starts to play again because it can making it sound like him just like jumping out of the skylight is suddenly this big like dun, 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 almost like Indiana Jones caliber moment. Yeah. Let me see what have you, what have you sent to me making crayons. I sent you the making crayons that the music Make- that they they stole this this uh, music from this movie <laughs> from. So they launched this to to the moon. You said. What? <laughs> I what thought you, you said about? something about they like make they make crayons and then send them to the moon, or was I? No, oh my god, I remember. No, you I remember cocaine. the visuals from this. Mm. Not so much the music. It's funny that you would remember the music. Oh yeah, especially them pumping. Oh my god. Are you having a 
<laughs> you happen to I didn't realize this is so formative to my sexuality, actually. <laughs> oh, is it the uh, old ladies? Yeah, no, man, all that hot wax? Mm. These days, because, uh, you know, these days I'll pour hot wax into my own belly button. I'll try mm. to push it up like they do into the crayons into well, this. And wonder why I can't come anymore. So, um... <laughs> what do we talk? We're almost done! We're almost oh done. Oh my god, I can't believe we... I can't believe we spent like half an hour talking about smoking. He um, gets to the roof and climbs on the chopper and he asks her how much fuel they have and she says, not much. We really went bananas just flying around willy-nilly <laughs> for no reason. And he says, all right. And they fly off and the end credits starts. <laughs> do they end Robot starts Chicken up. with that? They do like an actual like what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, have you ever seen much robot chicken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, but even before that, like, there's like, well, that's the capper to the joke. Was right before Peter jumps out of the helicopter. Um, he's he's uh confronted by the Bruce Campbell zombie who takes Peter's uh bolt lever lever action rifle and swaps it for Peter's uh or swaps it for Roger's old M16. And but yeah, there's this the <laughs> fucking. <laughs> There's a bit where Peter does a karate kick at one of the zombies where he tries to do this flying, like, wheelbarrow kick. Like, he's mm -hmm. a street fighter, but he can't because he's not a professional martial artist. It looks terrible. But the music's still being all John wayne -y and shit like that. It's fucking so stupid. Suddenly Dawn happens, and now that it is actually literally Dawn of the Dead. And I like how it goes from the super comical, super bravaro music to suddenly over the footage of the sunset, the music suddenly gets really dire. And, like, yeah, it's, like, we're left on a really inconclusive note as they fly away. And, like, the last line of the movie is just Peter saying, All right, let's go. And it's like, ooh, the music rises, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And so, like, yeah, it smash cuts to a fucking cobweb bird on top of the clock tower and the gonk. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole end credits. It's just the gonk, and it's all very silly. Until the last moment where it says John Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and you have, like, the boom... Boom! The like the big Ben Gong sound of the, the chimes going off in that clock tower, and that's kind of like the ring of death, like moment at the end of the movie, kind of leading you out. If you stick around for like like 30 seconds of end credits, that it, is, it actually does kind of leave you kind of a little bit of an unsettling note. But mm. yeah, that is the weird pink and peach colored late 70s confection that is Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. The most Crayola-filled <laughs> horror movie in history. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's slow. It could be sped up a lot, but whatever. It's I'm surprised the 70s. Were... Everything was slow. Yeah. I'm surprised you were as enthusiastic about it as you were. It was fun to talk about. <laughs> it's a very... It's, it's, it's a d deeply silly movie. If I didn't have this podcast and I watched it on my own, I would have turned it off halfway through. And just watched the... the the murder compilations on YouTubers. <laughs> so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually a thing, but yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, that's interesting. I'm surprised you watched the making of documentary about this. Yeah, I like. I, I when it comes to horror movies, I much prefer making of documentaries over actually watching the horror oh, movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, you must have watched. I'm assuming I've probably seen the same horror documentary because that box set came with uh, two documentaries. One of which was made like in the late '80s, mm -hmm. and it's got this narrator from this lady who's like George Romero. 
is a genius. Mm. This is the blood, and it's like then there's another documentary that just much more like fun and yeah, a little breezier and stuff. I think like that's that. so I'm that's the one you watch. But... Yeah, know. so that's w- uh, that's the end of Halloween and our April, not yeah. April, awful April stuff. <laughs> October. Hey, you know, the feeling strikes you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be dark, dark next week. I won't be available to record. Oh, shit, that's right. Unless I want to just, like, record and release my own solo rap album. Yeah, do it. Although I guess that would require you to actually upload it. I can't threaten to upload anything that you're not involved with because you're in control (laughs) of our uploads. I mean, if you want to do something with somebody like Phil or something, I can always... Uh, did you want to... Did you want the next thing to be my pick then, too? Or did you want the next thing to be a distance of the decades? I don't care. We can take that that conversation off there. You know what? Actually, I might do the math because I might want to see exactly. I need to look and see how many episodes we have for Christmas. Mm. And see. Even if there's. I'm assuming it would be two. Because usually most months it's it's four episodes, two for me, two for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could swing it that, like, however we come back, I get the episode right before Christmas, that would be kind of nice. Okay. Actually, no, maybe not because I don't know. Right. I did. What, did we talk about this all the time? Uh, dinner is ready in my home because this was a long episode. You don't understand. I'm already so, co- recording next week's episode. Next apparently. week's episode is going to be me plotting out the rest of the episode. So we got to wrap okay. it up. Okay. I don't. I don't like to rush you, Bill. I'm this sorry, is me. Right. This is me just saying I have no idea because we did uh, holiday, uh, the yeah. Christmas holiday vacation last year. That was kind of the last Christmas thing I had. So maybe one. Maybe we'll do. I don't. Forgot to, you go eat food. This we'll has been Tardy the Party. Tardyparty.com. He's, he's Mudrun on Twitter. The Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. Tardypodcast.com. All that stuff. This time it was on Bombos. Next time it's gonna be some some. Some we'll something. Have, we'll have fun. Whatever. Yeah. Fun talking with our friends. Yeah. Okay, this is us riding to the helicopter, and uh, <laughs> do we have dinner? And I say, all right, and that's the end of the movie. Yep, and I vomit poster paint everywhere. Because <laughs> you're pregnant with food, baby. That's coming. What? Yep, okay. nailed it. All right, until next time, keep building your whole pop culture. We're out of here. So long. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, one of the <laughs> as ingrained as this with you. This movie is it's pretty fucking ingrained. Brain. I mean, as any horror movie yeah. is. It's all in that brain bank. Oh god, no! Don't... Okay. People on the Reddit trying to talk to me about Animal Crossing. I don't need that shit right now. You're still playing Animal Crossing every day, right? I have not missed a day. Congratulations! I just got. I just oh, fucking sprinkles finally moved out. Oh. She's finally gone. <laughs> Which one is Sprinkles? She was the last stupid penguin left on my island. Oh, shit, okay. So... The last villager that I wanted to kick out, and then I went to a couple mystery islands and got one of the one, two, three, four animals. I got the cat. The superhero ones. So now I have oh, wait, the cat that's... and the elephant on my island. One, two, three, four? One, two, three, four. Animals. Yeah, there's, there's four superheroes. An elephant and a cat, and some other two others. Oh, is one of them Kid Cat? Uh-huh. Oh, that's yeah. That's the one. That's the one that's on my. Oh, I didn't realize they were numbered. Oh, okay, because Kid Cat is one of the characters who I bought like a little uh, amiibo pirated card for. Mm. Um. Ah, okay. Yeah, I got him in the elephant now. Oh, very cool. You like the elephant? 
Yeah, he's fine. He's a lazy type. But... Yeah, I had no idea there was a series. Mm -hmm. Are they all dressed the same? No, they're all, they're all different colors. I mean, yes, but they have different colors. colors so they're kind of like part of the same team. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, so that's why he has the number one. Oh, that's mm -hmm. fucking... Hold that's Congratulations, that is pretty goddamn cute. <laughs> Man, everybody, ever since I bought those tags, those fake pirated tags, half my villagers have moved out. Everyone just suddenly got a... We're like, hey, I want to leave. And so I said, fine, fine. I've already used up most of those... I bought half a dozen of those pirated tags, and I've already used, like... Four out of six of them in the last month? It's mm. fucking nuts. Like, I built this graveyard. I, I had to double it in size. Because I'm putting the, the characters' photos that I get from those characters in the graveyard to create, like, a little villager graveyard. Which is appropriate for Halloween. Maybe I will keep this little bit in <laughs> at the end of the podcast. It's, I guess, going to be our last Halloween uh, episode of the year. But... 